I just want to, I'm feeling brotherly. So, mm, I see. Here we go. Sometimes in this life, you can feel all by yourself. <laughs> but I have a partner when I can't touch no one else. So don't isolate yourself when there's nobody around. I'll be there through thick and thin. What I truly Found. Me and you <laughs> against the world. Living, I gotta hit that note. Living one on one. One on one. Can't nobody <laughs> break this bond. Living one on one. Life has just begun. Now we're having fun. Living one on one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's all been in my spirit all day. I don't know That's why I ain't one. watched. I That's ain't watched one. it. It's a good one. And, I, mm-hmm. and the show wasn't that great. It was okay. But anyway, welcome to another episode one on one with Josh and Brian at the Jigsaw Podcast. <laughs> I am Josh Rogers. I am Brian Hare. And we are your favorite friendly neighborhood Casa Negroes here to talk about all the things, but particularly the we things. talk about the perils, the praises, the productivity, and the pumping circumstance of being black millennials just trying to figure out this thing called life. Brethren, how are you doing? It's always a great day to be black. Oh, but, um, yes, it is. Before I go deep into that, I had to bring something up. Okay. Um, I saw something recently. I'm trying to find it on my phone. Um, okay. But I feel like as we're recording the night, it, it's been, a, it's, for y'all listening, Ooh, it's going to be the night before night. Christmas. But um, last night, mm-hmm. um, the Grizzlies lost to the Lakers. You ain't even got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know. We're two and nine. A terrible season. Terrible um, season. <clears throat> to the to the tune of one thirty four to one oh seven. It wasn't yeah, even yeah. close, Manicog. It yeah, wasn't. It was close. like seventy four to fifty one at halftime. I swear. Yeah, yeah, it was it was bad, you know. Yeah. But yeah. you know, cause the last time, you know, when, when we lost or a, a a nice loss, I think it might have been a yard or somebody else, you, you had to come on and, and tell the people about it. I so did. you know. Yeah, I, I wanted to <laughs> usurp what you was doing. I felt it. <laughs> We did beat the Clippers. You know they've been they've been terrible in they've their Harden era. Terrible, and we <laughs> oh and five the so they got James Harden. Listen. That's what happens. Sometimes we we think we're getting better by bringing on something that looks nice and shiny and new. Well, um, James Harden don't look shiny or new, but I hear what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but it disrupts the things that you know that God yeah. had in, te- in store for us. So that's a word. That's a word. With the Greases that just finding their rhythm. There's no Ja. There's no Steven. There's oh, no yeah. Brandon Clark. There's it, no. It makes sense. It's, it, it, but this two and nine is depressing. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, depressing. It is, and to me, I feel like it's sad because it's like it's you're just digging the hole, right? And and you know, if if anything, what the goal would have been for the twenty five games is to try to at least five hundred, mm-hmm. a little under five hundred. So then when Ja mm-hmm. comes back, you know, momentum. We'd have, we would have loved a twelve and 13, 13, 12 type of situation. Yeah. But it's it's looking but, like it's gonna be about whew, three and twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we got tickets to next Friday's guy. <laughs> and they play the sun. 
It's gonna be a rough. My stars. It's gonna be, we're gonna be in person to witness it. So it's gonna be something. Jaden's first official NBA game. Favorite his favorite team. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. How are you? Doing that, how you doing? I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Lord is, has left remnants of my rasp, and I'm mm-hmm. not mad at it. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. If he mm. wants me to be a clerk, he could have just said that. <laughs> I like Maddie's it a little boy. bit. Maddie's boy. Listen. <laughs> listen. They had a brother. We don't know what Leo sound like. Listen. <laughs> Never Maddie heard that man. Maddie God is probably out here. He's probably, he probably is Jay Moss's vocal coach. <laughs> and we don't even know it. <clears throat> Crooning. Crooning for Christ. Jay Moss. Mm. Jay, James Moss. Mm. James Moss. What a singer. What a singer. What a singer. Mm. He has some good stuff, though. He has some good stuff. That V2 until... still blesses me. That Restored is what is where he went off track. I, I like Restored, the, the title track. Mm-hmm. I Restored. I've been rewarded. And I've been rewarded. I've been redeemed. I'm redeemed. From Sin and Shame. That's a good song. From Sin and Shame. No longer Never neglected. Yeah. Just reconnected. Just reconnected. Now I'm exalted because I know his name. <laughs> Great song. Lyrics. Lyrics. It is, he's always has a song of redemption. I'm telling mm. you. Listen. Jay Moss walked so that Jonathan McReynolds could run. They ran. <laughs> Because these open letters to sin and forgiveness started mm-hmm. with Jay Moss. <laughs> yeah, Jay Moss definitely gave One us the. One day you know. I was driving down the road and I want to change lanes. Yes. <laughs> Looked in the rearview mirror and saw a range doing the same. Turn my blinker on. Oh. Start to make my turn. Who's wrong? And I'd rather go. It's my thigh twinkling in my eye. Come on, Jay. Give it to us. Let us know when you're out here in these streets. Jesus. So then we had a situation. We was like, and he told us. Like He told us. <laughs> he told ain't no, ain't, us. Ain't no, ain't no surprise. And, mm. and the Lord uh, redeemed him and restored him and brought him back and all that kind of stuff. Thank God for uh, Jay Moss. Jay Moss. Jay Moss. God is good. I got it. God is good mm. all the time. He is. And all the time, God is good. God is good. Are you still in the Christmas spirit? I am. Did you see my post the other day? I, I to, did. What was know. it? It was uh it was. Oh, a, yes, a yes, yes. It was a green type gift stuff on one. Oh, yeah. Your mug. Yes, yes, yes. I did mm-hmm. see that. I was there. On it was on a random Monday. And mm-hmm. you know, I just put it on and went around the city with my Clarence Falls. You were sweeping through the city? Sweeping through the city. <laughs> sweeping through the city. With my Clarence Claws uh, sweatshirt hoodie on, you know, and uh, I think we're doing the tree this weekend. I think we're doing it this weekend or next week. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't decided. It might be, it might stay, it might be Thanksgiving. I don't know, but it's going up. I'm thinking about doing my Sunday Monday. Mm-hmm. Feel like I need to go to Hobby Lobby and mm-hmm. see can I add a few things. But yeah, okay. it's time. It's it's time. That's exactly how Mariah sounds now too. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> the woman of God ain't got it. I don't know whose throat is worse. Hers or Alicia Keys. I'm about to, I'm about to say hers or KC. 
but Casey's always had a little bit of gravel. Like he's just yeah, a, a good well, quartet leader. Yeah, but KC today. KC today. <laughs> Who sings better, KC or Bobby Brown? KC Bobby Brown has <laughs> never been a vocalist. Let's start there. <laughs> Every little step he took <laughs> was not in the direction of good vocals. He was a, Bobby Brown was a performer, a bad boy. <laughs> never a vocalist, an entertainer. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> You know, his prerogative was that he could grind on stage, okay? Mm. My supervisor said something. Mm-hmm. She she made her case for why New Edition, because we were talking, we were um, headed to America's Georgia. Okay. Don't ever go there unless you have a reason. Mm. But we were headed there as a team. That's uh-huh. what the original Habitat was. We were talking about like R&B groups and stuff like that. And I said, Jodeci. What? And she was like, New Edition. I said, New Edition? <clears throat> mm. So I'll let you have it. She's like, I'm going to tell you why New Edition, from a woman's perspective, is the greatest R&B group of all time. I said, well, okay. tell me. She said, they were so good that <laughs> we made ugly niggas look cute. <laughs> That's how good they were. <laughs> that is she, like, she, she said, we was over there fiending over dudes who weren't even attractive. I said. <laughs> if, if truth be told, the <laughs> so, niggas in New Edition ain't attractive it's a men. Group, I'm a group full of. <laughs> yeah. The truth be told, if we be honest, they, they some rough looking brothers. <laughs> but if you think about it too, Casey was not attractive. JoJo was not attractive. I guess, but the, they, the, but they had Dalvin and Devonte, who was probably the heartthrob. Yeah, yeah, who who kind of balanced, yeah, it, balanced out. it out. <laughs> Boys balanced and men out. was ugly. Guy, yeah, R&B niggas is ugly. It's just it's a thing, R&B you know. Niggas. Mm-hmm. But they, but they drew sing. you, drew, <laughs> they laser eyes, all kind of stuff. Going all, on the, all the things. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Army, army niggas are ugly. Maybe Not that was the formula when niggas started looking better. The, the, the music got worse. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> maybe you Interesting. had to be ugly to sing to sing a certain way. Maybe or maybe, maybe. if you had like somebody like Usher who stayed the test of time. He's an attractive man. Mm-hmm. But can sing real well, so he yeah. his career has lasted so long because he's never there's never been a drop off. He can still sing. There was a drop off in music though. That was this era in, in terms of song between Good Kisser and like today. It was mm. something in between there. It was just yeah. like Raymond, <laughs> what are you doing? Br- come back, come on back, come, back. come on back. This EP Maybe. you did with Zaytoven should have stayed in the vault. Mm-hmm. Should have well, stayed well, in the see vault. Here. He's new album comes out what February. January, so, February? Probably after the, probably either right before or after the Super Bowl, I'm sure. So, yeah, prayerfully, you know, ho- hopefully him and him and, and Jermaine Dupree got back in the studio together and Brian Michael Cox and all them, like, go back to the old formula. You know who else was ugly? Jagged Edge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking through these things. <laughs> me, I'm me sure, at like, the altar in your white dress. The worst wedding song. Mm-hmm. Oh. We ain't getting no younger. So what I we found out, we might as well do it. Might as well do it. I found out. Okay, I was listening to an interview of the, another podcast I listened to is um, Army Money podcast. Okay, and I've got a greater respect for Jermaine Dupre. Okay, and oftentimes he does not, and I feel like he doesn't get his just due because you when people think about producers, they're thinking about Dr. Dre and mm-hmm. they talk about Diddy and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Dre and Diddy wasn't out here writing songs. Like they Jermaine Dupree was like he was a and all he was he was creating the talent, he was writing a song for the talent and making the beats for the talent. So if anything, he is probably like the super producer 
amongst like anybody because he was doing it from from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Like, and he mm-hmm. gave us, you know, like lyrics, like really writing songs and stuff like that. So, um, shout out to Jermaine Dupre um, for all the things that you do. I never thought that we would have that moment here. I don't Me disagree either. with you. I just Me know either. we would be going navigating to the space of shouting out Jermaine Dupree. But we're here. We're and here. since we're here, <laughs> song of the week. <laughs> That's a great segue. <laughs> All right. So we're staying within thing. It's already November. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a Jermaine Dupree song, but I'm gonna do this um because it's new music. Um and let's just do this. All right. That was Brandy. Yeah, it is. Have yourself a merry little Christmas off of her new Christmas album. Okay. Christmas with Brandy. Have you listened to the whole album? I have not. Okay. I have not. Have you listened to any of it? Or did you just I've listened to a few songs? Um okay. Thoughts so far. I don't the, the arranging of some of the classics, I'm like, hmm. Okay. Like, you know, okay. we we asked you asked for your your rendition and i'm like you know but then i'm like do i really want your rendition you know what i mean what about you i haven't and you just exposed me and you know i was not (laughs) impressed (laughs) so the vocals are vocaler yeah she's she's vocal um she's vocaler but yeah the rendition it's just like i don't let's see i'm gonna give it a real list i probably i got a road trip coming Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna press play yeah press play I yeah. listened to um, Jackie Clark Chisholm's album yesterday. Oh, how was that? I did. It w- it was an experience. <laughs> That's not saying nothing. It was an experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. You ready to go to the best report? <laughs> Talk about some black excellence. That <laughs> might be the song of the week next. Some off of Jackie's LP or album. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, we go to the blessed report. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Yeah. All right, we're here at the Blessed Report. We shout out black folks doing great black things. Josh and I don't just celebrate black people and support black people doing Black History Month in June, too, but we celebrate black people 365, 24 7. It's what we do, it's in our nature. Uh, so, here at the Jigsaw, we are going to bless up this week Garner's Garden and Philip Garner. Uh, with nothing but a dream and a mission to offer people Ooh, a natural a and I use the reword of magazine. Salt and pepper have a D up in the limousine. You know, I would keep going, but I don't know the lyrics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, so with nothing but a dream and a mission to offer people a natural and affordable alternative to the dangerous over-the-counter products on the market today, Philip Garner has turned a small business started in his basement into the largest black-owned oral care company in the world. Ten years later, Philip is still committed to his mission, offering 100% all-natural oral care, skin care, baby care, health care, men's care, and an assortment of other safe and clean natural beauty products to help thousands live healthier lives every day. And best of all, Philip is proud to say that all of his products are still handmade with care and precision by skilled professionals from his warehouse in Maryland, USA. So bless up to Philip Garner, Garner, excuse me, and Garner's Garden. He actually has a new skincare um, uh, routine, like packages and stuff like that. So no, Christmas is coming up. So for free to look at some of these black brands that we bless up to maybe give some stocking <clears throat> stuffers, some things of that nature. Uh, like I say, he has oral care, skincare. Baby care, health care, men's care. So I feel like that covers everybody. Everyone needs care. Self-care is important. Uh, but there's the best way to share that you care for others is also giving them products to help them care for themselves. Okay. You can visit them right now and online at Garner's Garden, the G-A-R-N-E-R-S Garden.com or on IG at Garner's Garden uh, on IG as well. <clears throat> All right. We love that. All right. Yes. All right. We unfortunately have a rest up oh my god unfortunately holy god didn't do what josh holy, <laughs> that's a good one holy, lord god lord god almighty um, early in the morning my soul shall rise that's so regal i love it <laughs> holy, 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 merciful yes. and yes, mighty God in <laughs> three persons. Blessed Trinity. Oh, so good. It, that felt like a Fisher day. That felt like a Fisher day. Yeesh, I'm out. Yeah. That felt good. I just, I almost get up and start marching around this place. <laughs> that felt good. Ooh. You don't sing them hymns like that no more. They shouldn't. They don't, Ooh, they don't sing anymore. That thing kind of stirs up a little bit. Right. I feel like I read the affirmation of faith now. I don't know. It's just... <laughs> we believe <laughs> the Bible <laughs> to be the only infallible written word of word God. Of God. <clears throat> we believe there's one God. Eternally existence in three, three persons. persons. God the Father. God the Son. Shut up. God the Holy Spirit. <laughs> We believe in the blessed hope. It's the rapture. Which is the rapture of the church, the of, church God, of God in Christ. Which is in Christ at his, at his return. return. We believe that the only means of being cleansed from sin is <laughs> the repentance. <laughs> we believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost according to Acts 2 and 4. It's given to believers who what? Ask for it. Ask for it. Hey. We believe in the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. Of the Holy Spirit. By, by who's who it dwelling? dwelling. 
The Christian should be able to live a holy and separated life in this present world. Oh, my God. (laughs) You may be seated in the house of the Lord. (laughs) Now we need a hymn so we can have our programs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So this week on the rest of the report, uh, fresh off of Holy Convocation. What did you say? That was a good build up for this rest of the report. Listen, it was. Um, yeah, rest up. Go ahead. I got a little background. Sedgwick Daniels, um, jurisdictional bishop and general board member of the Church of God in Christ, a prolific preacher, an orator, a man of God who I really loved. A Mm -hmm. as far as Mm -hmm. um, seeing him afar, but also seeing him up closely. He was our interim. Jurisdictional bishop after the past. He led us of, through a time, didn't he? He led us through a time. Yeah, it was a messy time, wasn't it? <laughs> it was so messy. Uh, he led us through uh, after the passing of our late jurisdictional bishop and former presiding bishop, Chandler David Owens. So we had a chance to see him up close and personal. I said that our jurisdiction and uh, man of God used to just pull up in the phantom. Just, just pull up in the just, just would not a care in the world. Pull up in the phantom mm-hmm. and just walk in church. Like man of God. Um, so quick background for those that don't know, he is from uh Milwaukee. Uh he is Church of God Christ, born and raised. Uh he is important in his city, so people in the city of Milwaukee are mourning his loss. Um he started a church um with 40 members and has grown into a multi-million dollar uh, building and established great things in the neighborhood. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, he became the city of Milwaukee plan commissioner uh, and the first Protestant board member of the Catholic Central City Schools. Uh, Bishop Daniels uh, joined some other folks in the Wisconsin Housing and Economic Development Authority on several products, assisting in developing a housing complex for seniors and developing Milwaukee home ownership. People in Milwaukee are definitely saddened by the loss of Bishop Cedric Daniels. He not only was a person who was a preaching machine uh, who did things as far as for the Lord, but he was a person in the community. So he was that person that we really feel what really God calls to do. Not only were you a preacher, but you also left out the four walls and, and, and made a, a drastic changes in your community uh, and also in the political scene as well. So rest up to Bishop Cedric Daniels. Um, he leaves behind a family that was not married and have any children, but uh, he leaves a large and vast legacy uh, of the Daniels family. So rest up to him. Prayers and thoughts to his family and a prayers for the Church of God in Christ and his jurisdiction because, you know, things get messy when the bishop dies. So uh, we're praying. To be. <laughs> That's good. That's good. All right. All right. This is the church. This is the church of God in Christ. This is the church of God in Christ. Oh, you can't join in. You got to be born in. This is the church of God 
in the crowd. Then the mother jump in and say, I love the church yep. of God <laughs> in Christ. Yes. Rest That's up it. to Bishop Sedgwick. That's a name. That Sedgwick. Is a name. Sedgwick. Daniels. That's a strong black name. <clears throat> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm convinced there's no white man named Cedric. Uh, Sedgwick. Not, nope. not, not at all. Nowhere to be found. Mm-mm. All right. Well, let's praise break on down to the yeah, Shut my mind to you. And let's do that. Um, well, we going from righteousness to nastiness. <laughs> the Bi- the people used to say the Bible said this, but it's really not anywhere. In there. They say cleanliness is next to godliness. Mm-hmm. And if you need to believe it's in the Bible to maintain that, then believe what you need to believe. Right. Because Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Patrick we see, Mahomes. We, we worried about sexy red. Mm. And glow really and all them setting bad examples. But here mm. are mm-hmm. these 50 percenters mm. out here doing the things. They they led the ancestor down. Patrick Mahomes unnecessarily revealed to the people mm-hmm. that he has a very odd game day superstition. Mm-hmm. One of them is, right? He said mm-hmm. this, he said this out of his mouth. He did. To the world on a, on 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 Monday Night Football's Manning Cast with those Manning boys, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, "If we're on a hot streak, now let me take this. Let me just let me back up to back up to go forward." Patrick Holmes has worn the same pair of underwear for every mm. NFL game of his career. My God, let's just sit with that for a second. Mm. Mm. <laughs> the exact same pair now. You would think football players play about once a week, maybe twice a week if they're in a Monday night football situation, maybe a Thursday night, but about average once a week. Mm-hmm. So wearing the same pair of draws could be a little weird, but okay, because you got a whole week to wash them before mm-hmm. you put them back on. Here's the issue. Men of God said, if we're on a hot streak, I can't wash them, you know. I just got to keep it rolling. So, you know, as long as I'm winning football games, I will keep the superstition going. Now, I've never played football, Mm. Brian, Mm -hmm. outside of playing, you know, in the hood with my friends. But I do work out pretty often. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I do know about many football players is that when when you use sports that use a lot of legs, there's a lot of leg growth. Which mm-hmm. means your your quads, your thighs, your hamstrings and stuff are pretty large, right? And we all know about friction and sweat and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. That's a lot going on yeah. in that underwear region. Mm-hmm. To not, first of all, I don't care if you didn't sweat at all. You need to be changing drawers and washing drawers consistently. Yeah. But adding in the other facts of how you're built Mm-hmm. On top of the fact that you're in this strenuous amount of activity, sweating mm-hmm. and all these, and you put them, what did you just sit them to the side? Mm. Did you, you don't fart? There's mm. so many things going on in there. Mm. Brian? Mm. I-, I looked it up. He's this played is why he 100. Needs a black wife. <laughs> Hello. Chick fried chicken. <laughs> The black wife wouldn't let her husband do that. <clears throat> no. So, uh, so I looked it up right as you were talking. 102 games. 102 regular season and playoff games. That's a lot of times wearing one pair of underwear. The same pair. 
Do they and even have? Are, do they have a hole in them? Even that's what I'm saying. Like, what kind of underwear are these that you can like? You, oh, I don't know. And apparently, he said his wife like bought them, so there's like special to him, whatever. Like, I don't nah. care. Nah, nah. Like what? Mm-hmm. It's dumb. There's nah, no reasoning that will make that okay. No. Okay. Let me go on right past it because that's gonna make me upset. Thinking about things that's gonna make me upset. Andre three thousand. <laughs> Under 3,000, first of all, said he was going to release an album, and I was skeptical. I didn't believe it. Then we got the then we got the title is called New Blue Sun. You know, mm. sounds very, um, you know, hippie-ish. That's what Under Three Stacks is on these days. Yeah. And um, it's supposed to come out Friday. You listen to this today. It's going to come out tomorrow. It's 87 minutes, so mm-hmm. a little over an hour. Mm-hmm. But it's not rap. And that's okay because he gave us Hey Y'all. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my favorite songs by Three Stacks is um, my favorite verse of his is on I Choose You, International Blazer. Oh, good one. My favorite verse of his. One of my favorite songs is Prototype. A good song. Which is, I hope that you're the one. Like, you know, he's singing. He ain't really rapping. So mm-hmm. I was okay if it was, you know, if he did a little Drake situation, gave us a little fool singing. But we, Andre plays the flute. And this is going to be an instrumental album mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> of mm-hmm. him vibing to the flute. I'm going to go on record and say this. If he was going to wait 20 some odd years to come out with a project, mm-hmm. he might as well keep waiting. <laughs> because we didn't want this. I'm not, I'm going to listen to it just to confirm the fact that I shouldn't have listened to it. Mm-hmm. But I don't need this, Brian. Not at, I don't want an instrumental album from Andre 3000. No. And the track listings are sentences. Mm-hmm. It's like I was rolling down the street looking at the sun. What mm-hmm. are you saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying, I was trying to pull up the music to see like what the, like the, um, like if it has anything like showing up on like Apple music, like, you know, really get the, the track list but also to kind of see how long these songs are mm-hmm. but it's not showing like i wanted to see like how long each song is and it's like like I, I, i'm gonna listen to it because it's three stacks and it might be some good jazz music whatever that you know might be to work to but um i'm just i feel like you the news came out first that the album was dropping but then he comes back and it was like, oh, but I want to tell y'all it's not me rapping on it. And I want to be clear with that. Like, should have led with the fact of like, hey, I'm dropping a jazz album or a music album. Because it, it just spread like wildfire that Three Stacks was dropping an album and everybody got excited. excited. Everybody got excited. Um, but I would I do I, I do appreciate all the memes and uh about, you know. <laughs> the two ones that bless me the most. Was um the the band director from Drumline? Oh, yeah, listening to uh, Flight of the Bumblebee, <laughs> and then the one with Lizzo and uh and yes. Meg Thee Stallion. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 was funny. Oh, and the other one was I think it was a little boy who got in trouble on TikTok, and his mama made him dance. But like uh-huh. in the background, there's some jazz music. He's like. He hitting all the damn movie. He got an attitude. That's a good one. That's, that's a good one. Uh, Black I people, love, I love us when we do. I love see, us, when man. we come together, do stuff like that. That's when the internet uh, is at its best. Yes, when the internet, the internet does stuff like 
uh, Will Smith's assistant. That's what oh. internet is at its worst. Yeah, without but, a doubt. <laughs> but like this right here is where we're at our best, and I love it. Yeah. I love and it so much. Tasha K needs to needs to go somewhere. Like I'm not even gonna speak. I only want to bring it up to show when the internet is at its worst. I'm not yeah. even going to address that because yeah, that is that's so trash. Wildly trash. Um, yeah. Speaking of, I sent you this TikTok, man, of God, and I don't know why you sent me the middle finger. That was Isaac Karee calling your uncle John <laughs> P. Key, and John P. Key cussed on the, on the FaceTime. <laughs> no, I'm saying John P. Key put the middle finger, though. Did you see that? Did he, I just, but yeah, so he, he put his middle finger up as he hung. I didn't see as, it. Oh, I yeah, didn't, yeah. I was so caught up that John was so irritated. <laughs> he was so irritated. Yeah, the man of God was, was mad. So, man of God was like, "Don't don't play on my phone like that." Right, he flipped in the bird, and then and then yeah. So that's what was that's what flipped me the bird because it was like not not past the key flipping the bird. That's the key said, I'm still from outside the county lines. Listen, you don't, if you if you don't know where Dor- if you don't know where John Piki is from, then we can't be friends. And if you're not, you don't love God for real if you don't know where John mm-hmm. Piki is from. All right, speaking of music, Drake. Mm. Took some Pepto Bismol and had a good bowel movement because he's going on tour. <laughs> if you know anything, Drake said after this last album that was for the dogs, mm. um, that he was going on break because he was having some stomach issues. But clearly mm. they didn't last long. He just had the boo-boo. And uh, unlike mm. Elvis Presley, he survived his constipation. So mm. he's going mm. on tour. My with, God, uh, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> he's going on tour with J. Cole. And uh, he posted the announcement on IG, um, and it's going to kick off in January. There are 22 days listed. He's coming to Memphis, allegedly. Only reason I bring that up is because not that I'm from Memphis. I mean, I am from Memphis, but I'm not highlighting that. He canceled his Memphis show on his original tour. So hopefully he won't do that again to the good people of the Bluff City. Brian, I know mm. you're a, a recent Drake stan and a forever J. Cole fan. Are you going mm. to the concert? Probably not. I don't know if I want to pay for that like if actually oh, really? yeah i'm trying to bet on my money um but uh <laughs> i can see if y'all was like hey let's go to this drake j cole concert i would go but i'm not okay. in my mind gonna be like you know what let's go to this drake you just drake ain't pulling up just because nah 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 like you know i, I feel, feel like it. i would have a great time because i love concerts i love concerts um i feel like there's nothing like a concert a concert is a great event man you're just singing the songs and things of that nature yeah. Even if I don't know the songs, like lyric for lyric, I know the song, you know what I'm saying? So like it'll be like, oh man, this is great. Um, and just the the theatrics of it all. Yeah. Um, and when the beat drops or the live music, however they do it. Um, I love concerts. So I don't think I'm gonna go, but uh if like if something happened where it was like, hey, we should go to this Drake concert, I would go. I, I don't have to have like really good. I don't t- think that's, that's gonna happen, at least not from this friend group. Yeah. So yeah. So. All right. Well, that concludes. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> they don't last long. Oh. <laughs> we get to the point. Mm-hmm. We know you love it because it's everyone's favorite joint. These are Josh Rogers athletic abbreviations. Last night in an NBA contest, mm-hmm. it got a little heated on the basketball oh. court. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One yeah. player by the name of Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Put Rudy Gobert into a chokehold of epic proportions and <laughs> drug him about 20 yards across the thing. <laughs> you know, and is this because some other people, they felt like Clay Thompson was under attack and mm. Dre came out of nowhere with a WWE move and he did. they all got ejected before any of them could score points. Brian, 
Mm. What is the NBA coming to, man? <laughs> I don't know, but I like it though. I like the <laughs> and the Warriors still lost. All of yeah, that they did. still mm-hmm. lost. Mm-hmm. I like I like the chippiness. I like when like yeah. we like I when like it gets the, a little gangster. I like it. You know, it gets <laughs> the people going. You know, because um, to me, I feel like it's it's competition. Like you know what I mean. Yeah. Like you're you're trying to compete. You're trying to win. Um, I I would prefer that. Like you know. The skill is still there. The excitement of the scoring is still there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I feel like the NBA lost some of its um, intensity, mm. you know, in the regular season. Uh, so I feel like having that intensity back in the regular season is great. And I feel like that maybe the end season tournament or whatever uh, is cool for the, you know, getting people to play harder and stuff like that. But I, I you know, and I don't feel like Draymond Green was really wrong. Like, I feel like he saw. He wasn't. He saw his star player, one of the star players getting hemmed up. So here's my thing. Here I'm gonna tell you who I'm mad at the most. And I know I don't even know this guy. It's Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, yeah. Because you're oh, pulling, yeah. you're just pulling Draymond by the shoulders. You could have easily reciprocated a chokehold. Yeah. And choked Draymond back out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like somebody, I I agree with you. I don't feel like Draymond was necessarily wrong in this case. But somebody needs to whoop his. It's, mm-hmm. It needs to just happen. You know how they yeah. that bully, and then yeah. they're gonna stop until somebody comes at them. Somebody yeah. needs to rise up mm-hmm. <laughs> and just and just beat the brakes off Draymond Green. It just yeah. needs to happen. It does because I think mean, people act like he's people are like afraid of him. Like I don't know why. Like, granted, his name is Draymond Green, strong black name, so I'm pretty sure there's some strong black strength in there. It comes in there. But Carl Anthony Towns had the perfect like opportunity to choke this man back out. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been a, a double chokehold going on. Yeah, yeah. And it, you you it, watching your teammate get choked out, and you just kind of pulling them off. And I, Draymond, and you and, and you were right behind him. You, I mean, it was the angles that I saw. You could have easily, yeah, done yeah. something else. But, but all of them got all of them got kicked out the game. Probably gonna be some little fine or something that's coming. Yeah. So, and that little ten thousand twenty five thousand dollars is. Chump change to y'all. So yeah, for for the for the caliber <clears throat> player that was involved, they're fine. Carly Town got paid a lot of money. He he'll be fine. And on yes. top of that, it's still early in the season. To where if you get like a five game suspension or whatever, like that's nothing. Like mm-hmm. you good, you good. Um. So yeah, I, but like this again. Let's think about this. If I saw you or Chris getting choked out, yeah, there's no way. Save me if you just standing there pulling them. I'm gonna be mad at you. <laughs> yeah, there's no way I'm just gonna be pulling somebody. Like I'm taking a punch. I'm Something. choking somebody. Get this dude off nuts. We, you know what I'm saying? Like we, you doing whatever it takes to get the, the person off. So that's to me that was that was. If I'm Rudy Gobert, I'm I'm going back. I'm slapping, crying the towns. Like if you ain't helped me out and you worried about a check or whatever it was, then we not friends. We not even we ain't buddies. We ain't teammates. Like none of that stuff. Like we ain't good. No more buddy buddy. All right. So. That being said, I still didn't accept it. Um, that concludes your billboard. We are about to go have a very interesting conversation. We are. In the living room. We've been, we've been hinting at this for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And now it's time to talk about it. So grab your lemon pepper wit mm-hmm. <laughs> and let's head on to the living room. And this conversation about Atlanta being a, the fantasy place that <laughs> it is. Let's go. Let's go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're here at the living room. For those that are brand new to the podcast, this is the place and space where we kind of just have the conversation to learn, unlearn, kind of delve deep into conversation in terms of mm-hmm. how we feel, something that's maybe on our mind. 
And this week, um, we've been, like I said, Josh said earlier, we've been hinting at it. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of been on our hearts and on our minds that mm-hmm. Atlanta is not a real place. It is not, it is no, it's not a real place. So we're going to talk about some things, you know, about, you know, our first impressions, what Atlanta means to us and all that kind of stuff. So all those folks from Atlanta, you know, that are out there, shout out to Chris who helps us out with the podcast. No mm-hmm. offense to this conversation. We may say something yeah. that may offend, um, but this is our and I stand on, on everything I'm about to say. Listen, ten toes. Um, well, if you, uh, Deion Sanders, eight, eight. Um, <laughs> um, but Atlanta's not a real place. So first, to start it off here, Josh. What was your first impression of good old Atlanta, Georgia? <laughs> yeah. Um, my first impression of Atlanta. Um, I don't know that I remember my first impression of Atlanta more so if I remember my first impression of what brought me to Atlanta, and that's Morehouse College. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came as a freshman and I had a very isolated experience for a while. Mm-hmm. Um it makes me sound old, but y'all just got to know that a lot of these apps and stuff that exist today are only mm. like 10 years old, if that. Yeah. Right? So when, in 07, there was no Uber, no Lyft, no Cash Mm-mm. App, no any Mm-mm. of these things, right? No. And then Morehouse, as a freshman, you can't have a car. I'm giving this context to say, I went to class. Mm-hmm. Then I got into Brian's gas guggler, and I went to church. <laughs> <laughs> And that was really that was really my experience. Yeah. Uh, now I, let me take the back. I did go to like, excuse me, I did go to like Linux and stuff like that via the Martyr. Mm. We were um, safe, you know, and I stayed safe. I never. I had a friend who got her face leaked by a homeless person, um, <laughs> but you know, nothing happened to me. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, but like for the most part, it was a very on-campus experience outside mm-hmm. of you know a few events here and there. Um, so I don't know that I really got to experience Atlanta. Until maybe more so sophomore year. I still didn't have a car, but one of my friends did. Mm. And I was still very much a church kid sophomore year. Um, but yeah, but I started experiencing Atlanta more. And I don't know, when I first got here though, I would say off the cusp, it wasn't really different than what I would the life I was living in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Just say it that way. Um yeah. The city moved a little bit faster. It has more offerings like Linux Mall. We know what Linux Mall is, right? So it got the big luxury stuff. So stuff like that, like Memphis doesn't have a luxurious mall, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So like little stuff I was noticing, but like nothing really major. Of course, I wasn't looking for a job at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? None of that kind of stuff. So I was just this green kind of college student. <clears throat> Excuse me. Once I graduated, though, mm-hmm. not even graduated, once I got a little older, had my own car, I began to see Atlanta a little bit differently. Um, start to understand this job market, what it meant to the overall black community in terms of it being like one of the meccas, right? Um, yeah. People coming here. Um, I think I was a part of the group that people don't like who came to Atlanta and overcrowded mm-hmm. Atlanta, but I came mm-hmm. for school. I ain't just show up because yeah. I wanted a brand new start. I didn't even have intentions of still being here, <laughs> right? Let's just start there. Um, I don't dislike Atlanta, but I definitely didn't plan on being here. It's definitely not no 16 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, so my initial reaction, bro, was like, oh, this is another southern city, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's you know a little bit more advanced where I'm from, but a southern city nonetheless. As yeah. I got older, I started to recognize some of the pretentiousness that comes with Atlanta. I also began to respect some of the history of Atlanta via um, its airport, right? Um, mm-hmm. Via the 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 Olympics and what that meant for the city. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the range <clears throat> of mayors that existed because I was political science, so we mm-hmm. learned some Atlanta history that way. Um, so there was some great stuff here. MLK, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that comes with that. Um, but I was always kind of like, mm, none of those things really compared to the Civil Rights Museum either. So it was I always kind of had like, it's good, but it's not this. Um, but it's been like some of the stuff that Atlanta is today mm-hmm. is actually kind of recent. Like yeah. some of the stuff that's irritating about Atlanta yeah, is yeah. not even, people say old Atlanta, but it wasn't even what I experienced in 07. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, this is a very new Atlanta, maybe last five to six years, mm-hmm. Atlanta. Um, so yeah. How about you? I know you uh, came yeah. from Cali. So you went from, yeah. it was a full difference for you. Yeah. I went, yeah. I, it was <clears throat> Southern California to the South. So that was a transition. Another thing too is I didn't live in in Atlanta proper when I first moved here. I lived in like Conyers, so that's like metro, way out metro Atlanta. So I didn't really have the Atlanta experience, mostly other than <clears throat> really going to church. Like my church was in Atlanta, but uh, everything else was pretty much on the east side. Like I, you know, worked on the east side and all that kind of stuff. Um, but of course, you have best friend lives in Atlanta. Then I came here in '05, met Chris in '05. We were friends you came in 07 right yeah right, 07 so i started doing a little more things in atlanta so atlanta became like more of like a, a thing um met some other friends who actually lived in atlanta so spent a lot of time with those other friends who lived in atlanta um so it it was just it was just an interesting experience like to where i know you were talking about like you know slow pace to going a little faster pace where atlanta to me felt like mad slow mm-hmm. um but also it was like just completely different. Like the fashion was different. Uh, the music, of course, was different. The great thing about the music, though, was I feel like Atlanta music was was hot when I when I came to Atlanta. Like it was like the music that everybody was listening to. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was kind of mm-hmm. like a um, um, and mind you, I'm from Southern California, but I don't you don't see a lot of celebrities unless you like in Hollywood or go to like parties and stuff like that. I was too young for that. But you can come in Atlanta, you see. You out, you see T.I., you'll see Jeezy, you'll see the Ying Yang Twins, you know, I'm shopping at Walmart, and I worked at a Walmart, like, in the ghetto when I uh, first moved here, too. So you'll see, like, hip-hop artists and athletes just walking around Atlanta, and I'll be like, oh, snap. So I've, I've actually probably seen more celebrities mm, in Atlanta. In, Atlanta, in L.A.? In L.A., like, just like walking, just walking around, you know what I'm saying? Because if you go to, like, L.A., go to Rodeo or whatever, or go to the malls, Beverly Center, or whatever you think out there, you may stumble across a person that you look familiar, celebrity, but like here, I feel like Atlanta, you would run into so many people all the time, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which was which was kind of cool. But it also kind of put into that that uh, that culture that everybody is somebody, and everybody's important in Atlanta. Like everybody's important in Atlanta, and so they believe. So they believe, and that and that's and that's I was kind of going to transition to like the. I love the city of Atlanta in, in terms of when I first moved because I was like, it's something different, something new. But it's the, I think you said earlier, the pretentious uh, attitude of people in Atlanta. Like, when I ended up finding out people came to Atlanta and then weren't really, let me see how I can say this, as what they claim to be. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it was like you dig down deep and be like, oh, that's a facade. You know what Did I mean? You have to dig down deep. <laughs> Not really. It's, it's okay. It was it was really once you once you just once you got to know somebody, you were like, oh, okay. So to I'm your gonna point. Say something. Okay, say something. Say it. I'm, I don't even want you to answer. I just wanna to that point. Mm-hmm. Remember my 18th birthday? I do. Exactly. <laughs> so that's a perfect example. You don't have of, to dig down deep. <laughs> perfect example of people have you fooled. And I feel like Atlanta, <laughs> right? You know, I love the city. And that was f- your friend. Yeah. I mean, our friend. But like, yeah. you had a deeper connection. <laughs> yeah. But then I found out like, oh, you know. Okay. But to, to that point, you said, remember talking about apps weren't a thing back in the day. So I think Facebook might have mm-hmm. been new. But the culture that we see now on social media, mm-hmm. the flexing for the gram, that, in my opinion, is Atlanta like culture. Like the. Yeah, definitely a certain pocket of it, for sure. And that, yeah, like. Here's the thing. Like, I don't want to. <clears throat> to that point, it's not all of Atlanta, but that's, no. the, that's the part that's loud. And yes. oftentimes, the loudest things get the most attention. Yes. So, yes. kind of like with Keith Lee, we talked about a while back. Like he highlighted the real Mickey, like that the restaurant culture in Atlanta is real, but you can also go to some great places. Yeah, that yeah. Will, that will treat you well, right, and not have all these crazy rules. But the loud stuff is just makes it it makes it hard for everybody else sometimes. Yeah, it yeah. and and that's to me what it was loud that it was like oh, got it. All right, so then but I, then I, once you once you learn the culture, you understand the culture, and you're like yeah, all right, bet you can kind of then move within the culture. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of like my first kind of go around in Atlanta. Um, so, you know, we'll give Atlanta love within this conversation, but yeah, has sure. your opinion changed from your first time being here till now? Um, I, I, yes, because my first, like I just explained, my first experience mm-hmm. was so, like I didn't move here because I wanted to be in Atlanta. I moved here because I came to school. Mm-hmm. And if anybody knows my school story, I didn't even want to go to Morehouse initially. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, so my first impression of Atlanta was like, when am I getting out? Because I just didn't want to be at the school. Yeah. Once I made the decision, and that's a different conversation. I think I've told that story before, but once I decided to stay at Morehouse, then I embraced the school more, embraced the city more. So yes, concretely, my opinion has changed because you mm-hmm. know I'm now married with children, started a family, have a career that's based out of Atlanta. Um, and I think that many of the connections, I won't say many of them, but there are some really core connections, I'll say, that are here. You, yeah. Chris, uh, my current supervisor, who also serves as like my mentor, family friend, like none of those relationships would exist without Atlanta. And even mm-hmm. think about even my current church situation, like yeah, it's because yeah. of Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and I enjoy my current church situation. So there are some real highlights here. Um, so I would say overall, Atlanta has overall Atlanta has been good to me. Yes, I, Atlanta. People ask me about it, or they be like, "Oh, where's home for you?" I be like, "Well, home is Memphis. I live in Atlanta." I'm like, "Well, how long mm-hmm. you been there?" I be like, "Going on seventeen years." Be like, "Oh, that's home." I'm like, no, it's not home. Mm-mm. It's where my home is, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not home, right? Um, and the reason for that is because I think, like I said, when I came to Morehouse, my my dream was to always well, I ain't gonna say dream, but my plan was to go back to Memphis because that's just mm-hmm. where I thought I would end back up. Right? I was moving yeah. back home. Um. But even in the today of things, even if I did move back to Memphis, I don't know that if life was a little bit different, that I would still be living in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I'm a Southern boy at heart, so I probably would have um, always been somewhere in or near the South, Nashville, 
Houston, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, another very black place. Oh yeah. Um, I think those are really the only like two southern cities I would. Cause I, I love it, New Orleans, but I wouldn't want to stay there. Yeah. Um, Nashville, Houston, Dallas, one of those mm-hmm. three, and then DC. Right, it's probably where I would have considered yeah. uh, moving to, uh, and then Memphis, of course. But yeah, but something in me, Atlanta, still doesn't feel like forever. Yeah, and I'm yeah. here again, not against my own will or anything like that. But it's just something that doesn't feel permanent. But there's also nothing in my life, Brian, that has kind of prompted me to be like, let me get out. Yeah, let me yeah. just leave. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not. It's <clears throat> not it's like, I enjoy living here. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I'm frustrated by quite a few things, traffic, infrastructure, um, you know, all that different kind of stuff, of course. But like I don't dislike my time here. Yeah. Um, but there's something, there's a connection that mm-hmm. some people feel to Atlanta that I, after all this time, I still don't have. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just what it is. I am not unhappy, so I don't want y'all to mm-hmm. interpret that as a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I don't know. It's just I don't I don't feel like this is forever. And yeah. it, and it, here's the uh, here's the here's the interesting dichotomy in that it could be forever. I could mm-hmm. die here, but I yeah. already told Ashley if I if my clothes my final breath here, you better take my body to Memphis. You, <laughs> you bury me in Memphis dirt. Don't you bury me mm-hmm. in Georgia? Don't you bury me in Georgia? <laughs> um. So yeah, and that's I mean it's a complicated answer, but that's how it has shifted for me. How about for you? No, <laughs> and I I would completely agree with that. The things you said that I wholeheartedly agree with, that Atlanta has been good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my former my mentor, um, C. Douglas John, Doctor C. Douglas Johnson, <clears throat> he works at uh, Wake Forest at the moment, but uh, also brother of the Grand. We love plan. a first initial middle name situation. I love it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, definitely a mentor. You know, helped me get into the bond. Um, we, we talked about this thing as far as <clears throat> uh, there's a difference between where you are from and then where you grew up. It could mm-hmm. be the same place. So, for instance, say for instance. You're from Memphis, and then you could then you went into adulthood and kind of lived your life in Memphis. Then that's where you grew up, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm from California. California's my home. It will always be my home. Would I always miss it? Yes. I said all the time, if I can afford it, like if I if I had the millions of dollars that I would need to live comfortably to live my lifestyle, I have you, here. You have like a three million dollar home in Atlanta, in California, in LA. Not even <laughs> like for in the same same thing with you. Like your your yeah. house in in California. Multi million dollars, yeah, easy. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's been good to me. So, like, I would move back because I love the weather. I love the the the, the vibe. I love California. I just yeah. do. Um, however, Atlanta has been been good to me. Uh, my closest friends, that is, I met here in Atlanta. Like, even you know, mm-hmm. um, you, Chris, uh, my career, I, you know. I've grown here. I've, you know, everything. And, you know, so Atlanta, to your same point, I don't know if I'm going to be here forever. And especially in the field that I'm in now, you know, people move. Opportunities open up to give, you know, for, you know, financial gain. I can make more money in some places and things of that nature. So, you know, and then I have thought about other places like, you know, like the Houstons, the, you know, Charlottes and Nashville, stuff like you said too, um, as far as relocation, Dallas. Um, but Atlanta has definitely been good to me. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even like even the, the church stuff. Like you know what I mean. I've grown even mm-hmm. in ministry or in my walk in my faith. Like Atlanta has been probably the most integral part of my. I I came here when I was nineteen. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I never expected to be here longer than a year. I didn't. I came. Well, I helped my mom set up. 
I was going to save money. I was going to dip. Go back to California. I about to say you were going back to Cali? That was the yeah, I was going to go back to Cali. That was my, my plan was to go back to Cali. Um, and the, but I ended up meeting Chris. I met Lauren. I had a church home. I was, you know, doing things here. Was like so, your first church home here? Here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I and I, I didn't want to go to coaching church. And I ended up going to a coaching church, which is wild. Um, <clears throat> but so you wanted to leave the Grand Old Church. I did. I wanted to do something different. When I came to when I came to Atlanta, okay. Um, again, it was just I wanted to, of course, like have my mom set up and then go back, but I wanted to try to experience something different, like you know, growing up Kojic, it is, but the thing about it all here too, like we had other let me say this. I lived on the east side, right? I lived on the east side. Full disclosure, this is way prior to the whole Eddie Lee scandal. Okay? Let me say that. So I wanted to try to go somewhere different that was outside of our normal um, just life. So I wanted to try to do something different, but it just didn't feel right. right? And then mm-hmm. you know, about the coach mm-hmm. church and you hear that double clapping and the shouting and the dancing and the great preaching. You're like, this is home. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, but, so my opinion on Atlanta, um, I wouldn't say, say it's changed. It's just matured. Um, okay. Understanding where I am, understanding what, you know, what I have, what I built. Atlanta is, you know, is always have a place in my heart. Um, I think almost everything I love in some capacity, other than like my family, is connected to Atlanta. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's in some degree. It's connected to Atlanta. So my opinion hasn't really changed. It's just matured. Um, mm-hmm. and, but even with that being said, there are some things in Atlanta we just have to address. I will say this, though, since yeah. we're here just talking about the initial perceptions. Um, church. So, you know, <laughs> I will give you the credit. I was mm-hmm. on my way to greater community. You were. With Bishop Chandler David Owens. God you were. So. And, um, but that's because... I was coaching, but I was very, I was very Memphis, Tennessee headquarters coaching. I mm-hmm. wasn't, I had been to some national conventions, but for the sake of going and attending, I wasn't mm-hmm. fully in, like, I didn't know when y'all was talking about Nathan Simmons and he had died. I was like, who is this Nathan Simmons? Like I was oh. literally, mm-hmm. isol- I ain't gonna say isolated, but I didn't yeah. dig, other than Maddie's girls, mm-hmm. I didn't dig deep into Kojic like that until. Yeah. I would say Atlanta. Like I think y'all kind of forced me to be like, let me learn. Like I, I knew Kojic history because I yeah. was about I was a Bible Bowl scholar in the A, <laughs> right? But in terms of like some of the culture of the church, yeah. in terms of like yeah. this preacher, that preacher, this whoever, blah, blah, it was it was like I I knew Linwood because Linwood was in my city. Yeah, and he yeah. was up. He was up and coming, right? I knew like Bishop G. Patterson, of course, he was around yeah. the corner, right? So some stuff I knew, but like I just knew Bishop Owens was in Atlanta. And yeah. Pastor Roger was like, that's where you need to go. Because he was unfamiliar with a bunch of other churches. And y'all was yeah. like, Mm-mm, don't go there. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I'll try to continue the faith out. And let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. My first Sunday, I walked into that. It was blue at the time. It was blue. powder blue. It was blue. And it was full yeah, it at was. the time. <laughs> and, no the, and, the, and the choir got up. And mm-hmm. they sang Matthew 28 on the, in August. I said, well, they t- I said, they talking about the resurrection in August. I'm going to like this place. <laughs> and, and they sang down. Cynthia had them Negroes they singing. I, I, remember, I remember my first Sunday, like, I can play it back right now. Saying, and I was with CJ, sitting on the front row. Mm-hmm. Now, that was kind of weird. That was kind of overwhelming. It was like, whoa. But you mm-hmm. know, CJ is a particular type of human being who enjoys yeah. a particular type of experience. Yep. So I understand the front row, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I sat there and I was like, okay. And then 
at the time your pastor came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> with a big bulky HP laptop. <laughs> he did have a laptop. suit that didn't fit that well. And these thin wire glasses. I said, up, oh, this is where this is where it shows. I said, because this right here is not gonna be good for nothing. That man opened up that laptop. Uh-huh. He got the preaching at work. Nigga. I said, Oh, I found the hole. <laughs> he destroyed every stereotype. And he was nerdy. He's Pastor Mosley is like a little nerd at heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he destroyed every stereotype I ever had. And I tell you, that man preached down. Preach, the cathedral bro. became a very integral part yeah. of my Atlanta experience. Um, yeah. I won't even go into some of the transitions in and out of cathedral. That's not in, that's immaterial. But what I will say is that that place was a very integral part yeah. of my experience. For, for if nothing else, like I met you the aim before yeah. I came, but I didn't like I just met you, right? Yeah. I didn't get to know you. Until a lot later, and then like Chris, we was just having this conversation yesterday. We didn't like each other mm. for years. Mm-hmm. Let's get the. It wasn't like oh, I'll mess with him today. <laughs> Year, and people wow. tried to get us to like each other. Brian tried to connect us. The first family tried to connect us, and we were just like, I don't want nothing to do with him. Mm. I don't want nothing to do with. It was not until like around the time Lil Josh was born, uh-huh. and Chris, I think. If I remember correctly, I feel like he started to like naturally just kind of check in more. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? And what does he want? <laughs> Let me tell you this funny story. Mm. I was in college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we we rolled out to um I wanna say we went to your parents' church. Okay. We was out there in the social circles and stuff. We was mm. out there far. Ooh, so far. So far. And we went to that 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 terrible buffet. Oh, Blue Willow. The people love Blue Willow in the slave house. Mm-hmm. And um, on our way back, Chris was asking me like about my personal life. And he took a wrong turn down like this very dark road. It was like, oh. so you got a girlfriend? I was like, oh. what is this? <laughs> Not Chris about, Chris about to rape you. No. What is happening? I, mean, I got scared. <laughs> I was about to call all the people. Get me out of this man's car. Um, but little did I know, some people he was very close with was trying to uh-huh. set me up with some young lady and they were fishing that's for information. Funny. And I felt like that's the other reason why I didn't care for Chris. I'm like, you let these people send you out. Like, what is it? Don't be, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But to that point, I think it was that because of Atlanta and that church, we're going yeah. back to that point. It was like me and Chris were able to go through those growing pains. And now he's mm-hmm. become one of the, one of my absolute best friends. Yeah. Um. So I, I can't discount that church. I can't discount because no, no, no. that, that was very much when you talk about what was my initial experience, that was very much a part of my initial experience. That was a outside of Morehouse. That was another major piece yeah. of my because you said you was ready to go back in a year. I knew I had well, I was transferring to Vanderbilt after year one. So after initially <laughs> me, it was a year two. Um but mm-hmm. I came here at 17. I hadn't even turned 18 yet. My birthday's in September. So mm-hmm. I was 17. Yeah. When I got here, turned 18 in September. You know, I almost had to wash dishes for my birthday dinner. And then my God. <laughs> couldn't I even go to know. I couldn't you. even go to Six Flags like I wanted to. And didn't even notice until years later. Mm. <laughs> didn't even know any of this till years later. Brian <laughs> told me. Um man, times. And times. um, but yeah, like ended up staying and all that different kind of stuff. And I think it was like so I give that a lot of credit to the relationships that we built. Met my wife. Right, she mm-hmm. she attended class, and she didn't. Asha went to some school in Minnesota her freshman year. Yeah, 
Um, so she, so if I would have left, because I was planning on, she came second semester her freshman year, I was planning on leaving second semester. So we would have never met each other had I left mm-hmm. and had she not come. Well, she was coming. So if my plans had changed, right? And if so, Atlanta, like for those reasons, Atlanta has been good and it'll have a place in my heart forever. Um, but let's go on. I think you were easing us into the place yeah. of where Atlanta is today. <laughs> yes. Um, and, <laughs> I shout out to Sant- Chantrice, uh, who we always talk about old Atlanta, new Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go forward. When you talked about like the Atlanta that I think we both knew when we first moved here is completely different. Like it's 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 just different. Um, I want to say it was less. Um, I feel like we moved right before the big like boom. Like mm-hmm. everybody came in and wanted to try to come here and change their lives. Like my mom was one of the kind of came and change their lives. But I'm so, I said, or we were a part of it and didn't know. We were it. part of it and didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one thing, Atlanta's not a real place, and Keith Lee came and exposed some of that was the Atlanta food scene. What when you first came here? What was the restaurant that had you in a chokehold or something that you heard about that kind of you know was like? Mm-mm, this ain't it. Nothing had me in a choco. Let's start. Here. Okay. Not All right. one single solid. Mm. Um, one thing I will say is Atlanta, I think I said it before, Atlanta has a lot of great restaurants. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. nothing unique to Atlanta. Mm. And the few things that people did try to get me to, because I'm a Southern boy, you need to mm-hmm. go to Big Daddy's. You need to go to the Beautiful. You need to go to Pascal's. You need to go here. Merrimack. Mer- <laughs> you need to go to Mary Matt's. And I went to all these seafood, quote unquote, I mean, soul food restaurants. First mm-hmm. of all, Memphis is the type of city to where you don't really go to soul food restaurants. We got a couple mm-hmm. that people go to and patronize, and they, but they in the hood. It ain't like a, I think we might, we got a couple of spots that are like kind of stable. They mostly like hood spots. Ain't like no mm-hmm. Pascals or like, you know, like mm-hmm. that. The other reason is because we don't have a huge HBCU culture in Memphis, right? Yeah. We got Lamorne mm-hmm. on. Which is a very different HBCU, and then we got a couple of we got one major major school, University of Memphis, and then yeah. some smaller liberal arts colleges. Um, so it doesn't really try to appeal to all these black kids come. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's one thing about it. But also, just in the city, like it's our hood barbecue spots that we go to, not the hood. Mm-hmm. And even with the barbecue spots, I tell you all the time, your best barbecue gonna be somebody drunk uncle. Like, I'm sure I just ain't holding you. You know what I'm saying? We got yeah. some great spots, but you talking about like Memphis barbecue? It's because niggas in Memphis get niggas in Memphis get on that grill, bro. Like my dad, sure. my dad ain't never studied barbecue, but that JB Rogers Jr. can barbecue. You mm. know what I mean? The late Pastor mm-hmm. Rogers catered my high school going away party. The man, the my guy God. got on got on a barrel and had some some pork shoulder and some and made <laughs> like when we would have barbecue at the church sale place, he would cook it. The women would like do the like fix it and prepare it, but he would yeah. like do the meat, bring it to the church early, and let the hospitality team do the rest. Like that's the kind of culture I grew up in. So I'm like, all right, cool, take me to these restaurants because I don't know no people like that who can cook. All of them jumps was nasty. Big Daddy's nasty. And here's this one might upset some people. Big Daddy's is nasty. The mm. beautiful is nasty. Mm. Pascal's was nasty. Mary Max had my attention for half a second, but I think I was stuck on the the hype of it because I went yeah. with people in church. But after I went, after I took a break and went back, I was like, what am I eating? Nasty. Um, <laughs> this is it. Nasty. Right. Oh, yeah. Real nasty. Them real tips some, not now, it. now, out of all those places, I've had one or two items that was like cool, but yeah. nothing that made me be like, oh my God. So food scene wasn't there. Then I heard about the wings, right? Mm-hmm. Memphis has a very quiet but popular 
wing sing. And I say quiet, I mean, people don't, if you're not from the Memphis area, you don't think about hot wings in Memphis. We got some staples, right? So I know that. So coming yeah. here and seeing people hype about American Deli, I'm like, with the mm. Asians? Like, and, and no shade to the Asians, but like, like appropriating hot wing culture? Like, and American Deli's good. But like, to me, it's like saying, I love burgers and you take me to McDonald's. It's like, mm. what? You know what I'm saying? And yeah. that's what I feel about American Deli. Well, let me look, McDonald's is a stretch. I love burgers and you take me to Five Guys, right? It's mm. a good burger, yeah. but it's Five Guys. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? And that's what I'm like, hey, good way, but it's American Deli. So, um, but I will say this. If we talk, mm-hmm. What had me in a chokehold, though, because this is something we didn't have, and this is where I discovered my love for Creole food. Creole food is one of my favorite foods. Mm-hmm. Is um, I ain't going to hold you. The Cheesecake Bistro. Mm. What happened My factory. They closed. What the, was at Atlantic Station? Atlantic Station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Bro, now they cheesecake was, you know, mm-hmm. but they food? Mm-hmm. Bro, that's, I don't know if it was a chain or not, because I remember only it being that one. Mm-hmm. But Cheesecake Bistro? Mm-hmm. Rabbit that crawfish ravioli? Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. extra Cajun seasoning on the side? <laughs> <laughs> Used to hit. And after yeah. church, it was only like an hour wait. And it wasn't, here's the thing, the hour wait wasn't the, oh, going to Keith Lee. It wasn't mm-hmm. the pretentious, blah, blah, blah. It was just, that joint was packed. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, it was your regular degular. You put your name on the list. We give you the little buzzer. And it was just, you decide. And because it was at Atlantic Station, most people didn't mind. We would mm-hmm. walk around, do a little shopping, yeah. eye buying, as my grandma would say, and come on back in an hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so Cheesecake Bistro had a choke on me. I'll say this and I and I pass it. You good. It had a choke on me because, like, my mom cooked almost every day. So mm-hmm. when we like, I grew up in a very middle class family, teetering mm-hmm. upper middle class, but middle class. So my mom cooked every day. Yeah, we was a big red lobster, Olive Garden, Applebee's mm. type type of folks, <laughs> right? Uh, when my mama got her taxes, we would go to Houston's and, and stuff like that. Yeah, but like our restaurants was Rafferty's. <laughs> Red Lobster, you know, there was just our, our and my yeah, mama yeah. was still gonna pull up at Rafferty's today because them biscuits, top mm-hmm. tier, Lone Star, yeah. right? Them was our restaurants. Um, so and Memphis wasn't big on Creole food culture. Yeah. So when I got here and I tried it, it was new and it was good. Whether mm. it's I could eat it today and I might not, my palate may have changed, right? Yeah. But at the at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, that's what they had to show. It wasn't it and and I'm saying all that to say it wasn't anything unique to Atlanta that had me mm-hmm. in a chokehold, yeah. right? And then as Atlanta's food scene got bigger, I've tried more of the fancier restaurants and things that have come to the city. Um, yeah. But you're like, Maggiano's? Hated it. And it's a change. Mm. But I experienced it here first. Yeah. Cheesecake Factory experienced here first. Never liked it. I went to Justin's uh, at the Diddy's restaurant. Mm. Mid. That's probably why they're closed now. Um but yeah, bro. How about you with food and stuff? Because I know yes. you was because you because you you did the whole culinary school thing. So I like. So let's let's talk about that form of life. Yeah. So I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna talk about that. But I remember to so your point about the about the the, the weight lines. Because I remember going to to the Cheesecake Bistro and it was long, but it was every table in there was packed. Every table was. I mean, to was capacity. Full. <laughs> yeah, where now I feel like there's tables like a mad open. They just they're they're creating like a buzz and a weight, and it's not really what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like back in the day, it was like that place was. They would still was, get you your food out. You went there all day. Like it no. was. 
What's other place that we had your um your Kappa uh, dinner at? Was Copeland's? Copeland's, Copeland's, Copeland's is like, another solid uh, um, Creole. And it's still it's still type. decent today. Yeah, it the best, I, but it's decent. Yeah, yeah. So so to to the culinary thing, like so I come from everybody know I come from California. So our food scene, like we had to go to get soul food. Mm-hmm. That was a thing. Um, Asian food was was easy to find. Mexican food, of course, was super easy to find. So coming to Atlanta, it was really was just trying. I was just trying to find food that I could find at home, gotcha. um, but also trying to like, taste something different because I was told that you know soul food is is the thing. So I was trying to find like soul food here. I never really have found. Did like, your mom and grandma and them cook soul food like that in California, or what was that? So my grandma can't cook. So that's <laughs> unfortunately she can't cook. Really? My, she, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Kumar could not cook. Like she, she cooked me one meal my whole life, and it was terrible. It was disgusting. <laughs> Um and and, okay. she, and I was and I was eighteen when she cooked that meal. Okay, yeah. Okay, true story. A black woman, older lady named Dorothy, who can I cook? Um, that's an anomaly, bro. Yeah, yeah. My mom used to make um soul food every once in a while, but we you know we ate a lot of like tacos and stuff like that, like you know, cause it kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Fried chicken, you know what I'm saying? Like we would eat stuff like that. Like we. So when I came to Atlanta, it was back to like me find soul food because this is supposed to be the South. You know, you're supposed to get soul food. Um, we definitely, since we lived out there, we went to the Blue Willow place that you talked about. Um, but I really didn't get into eating wings, like for real, for real, until I moved here. I used to make wings back home because I used to cook a lot. But one I used to love, I always loved wings. I was like little winget party drums things. Mm-hmm. So I used to make those a lot at home. So I was kind of like known at home, like people around and at church and stuff like that, for the nigga that makes wings. I used the wing guru. I was the wing dude. You was Rick Ross um, before Rick Ross. Listen, I used, to, <laughs> so I used to make wings for like any type of church function. I used to make wings. And everybody was like, nigga, you making wings this, this go around? So I came to Atlanta. Um, and then it was like, I didn't have to make wings. I can just buy wings. But I wasn't going to like America Dale. I was going to random like place that would be like wings. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I don't really start getting wings crazy. So like now, I like at one point, I was getting wings like every week. Um, mm. And I feel like when me and Lauren got married, I got to still get wings. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I used, to, I used to, at one point I was on wings every every Wednesday. I mean wings. When me and Lauren got married, our routine was Friday get off work, buying wings, French fries, and just binge watch TV on Fridays. That was we just still do that. That was our routine. <laughs> and it's, now it's we just subbing for fried okra in this house, but that's what we do. <laughs> Listen, that's and, yeah. and that's the thing. So that to, from, as far as Atlanta cuisine, wings is kind of like my I hold wings. In, in my heart as far as Atlantic cuisine. And then now Brooklyn, which I'm pretty sure I, I posted about it earlier this week, like my daughter, she be tearing up some wings, some, you know, smart wings, lemon pepper, mm-hmm. spicy. She destroys them joints. Um, so in terms of food scene, like wings have been like my thing since moving here. Uh, but now also I live, um, what is it? I live close to, not too far from Buford Highway. And for those that live in Atlanta, you kind of know what that means. Mm-hmm. And I can find some pretty good Mexican food um, on beef and hours. So that, that kind of, now I'm kind of like, sometimes now that I'm here in Atlanta, I'm trying to find places that kind of feel like home. So I can go find like the Mexican spots and go get like Mexican food that like tastes somewhat authentic. So, um, but yeah, I never really found a restaurant here that's like mm-hmm. my go-to spot. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's just I can be like because people call, call all the time they say I'm coming to Atlanta, like what where should we go to eat? And I'm like nigga, like 
I don't I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't have any recommendations. I didn't I call Chris but hey Chris, if somebody's kind of coming here, where should they go? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or I go to like I go to like franchise like PF Changs and stuff like that. I don't really I, I now I, I will say this in Atlanta's creative. I got some dope places I can send you in terms of food. Mm-hmm. My what I'm saying, however, is that there's just very little things that I'd be like, oh, like uh, to me, like you, like a, like uh, for example, I say it again: Memphis barbecue, mm-hmm. New York pizza, right? Yeah. Chicago deep dish pizza or hot dogs, or, you know, whatever you you know the all you go to these different places, you know. To me, it let people say wings, right? I mm-hmm. just gave you my you know explanation for that, but I don't know when I come to Atlanta, I think of a specific food. I can yeah. send you to some dope places. Like, for example, the bucket shop across the mm. street from Lenox Mall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dope little, you know, little, little pub, bar, whatever. I feel that is like smoke. It's a bit smoking there. Smoky. But yeah, yeah, that yeah. food, yeah. brother, yeah. chefs, kiss, right? Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned back in open the day. Open late, too. Open late. Back in the day, Cheesecake Bistro. Mm-hmm. Good. It's this place out here in Austell called Phenomenal Seafood. Mm-hmm. It's just called phenomenal seafood, and it is phenomenal. <laughs> it's, it's some good fried bro. When I tell you, I got some catfish nuggets as appetizer. You know, I'm hard on catfish. I know, so good. Marietta Pizza Company, really good pizza. Um, not the best pizza I've ever had, but really good. Pizza. La Fonda is a dope mm-hmm. Latin restaurant that I enjoy. That mm-hmm. I had here. You know, so, so I can give you, yeah, yeah, I can give you places, but for me, it's like. In fact, like again, people are gonna say, "What barbecue spots are they up in Memphis?" Like it's specific, so I'm mm-hmm. like, "Oh, the barbecue shop on Madison Avenue, yeah, it's, it's easy." You know what I'm saying? Like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, Atlanta, yeah. I'm just gonna give you a bunch of random spots that's just good food, but nothing yeah. is going. And all of them are different. Like uh, even even though this ain't nothing like crazy unique, but um, Eclipse de Luna, it's a mm. dope taco spot, and it it's is. good. Yeah, nice yeah. little vibe. You know what I'm saying? But it's nothing like I've been to Pasha before. It's a um, Mediterranean spot. They give you. Amazing portion. Now, if you go after a certain hour, it's gonna get a little loungy clubby, which mm-hmm. is another thing we could talk about mm-hmm. with Atlanta. But if you go to a certain hour, it's just a restaurant. But that's and, and let me just since since I'm here, let me do that. That's the one thing I I don't like about Atlanta food scene too, is because some of the restaurants like Pasha has really good food, bro. Mm-hmm. But if you pull up like at eight o'clock, the pretentiousness comes, it's like ballet only. Mm-hmm. You might have to wait in the line to get in. Yeah. It's gonna be a super loud DJ, but it's a restaurant. It's just yeah. a restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, and like if I and I thought and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a lounge. I'm not saying there's anything with eating food at lounges. But if I came to just enjoy my family at a restaurant, that's all yeah. I want to do. Yeah. Like because I got kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like when yeah. I went to Phenomenal Seafood for the first time. It was it was a Sunday after church, and they was getting. We didn't know, but the DJ started setting up. I said, "Oh, I know what's happening. Mm-hmm. I know what's going to happen." And Jaden was like, "Why is it so loud? And what is this?" I said, "You remember?" I said, "You remember asking me what me and mommy do at adult birthday parties?" I said, "This is it." <laughs> he said, "Oh, I never want to come to those then." <laughs> Say that now, brother. <laughs> right, but 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 to that point, like, but I wouldn't have brought him there if I knew it was. And it did. It yeah. did nothing inappropriate happened. They weren't twerking on tables and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But like the hookah started coming out, mm-hmm. and the DJ started playing his set. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, bro, it's it is one o'clock, and I get that this prime brunch out. But we also in the middle of Austell, and it went, bro, and it wasn't even packed in there. Yeah, it was yeah. like four or five other tables, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what is this turning? So it is just like some restaurants, 
my beef is that it seems like everybody feel like they gotta do that mm-hmm. to compete. When in reality, going back to Cheesecake Bistro, I know times have changed, but I can always guarantee you, if you have good food and great customer service, yeah, people because like me, I like to eat. Yeah. yeah. So DJ hookah, whatever or not, brother, mm-hmm. I'm gonna eat. And if I want that, I know where to go for that. Yeah. But that's not what I'm coming to some of these spots for. Like Boogaloo, I think we said it before, mm-hmm. is listed as a restaurant. That is nobody's restaurant. Boogaloo on Pawns is nobody's restaurant. And it's mm-hmm. a club. But it, <laughs> but, I, but, they, but they were created as a restaurant, but it evolved, right? So it's just, that's, that is my beef yeah. with Atlanta food scene. I feel like everybody feel like they got to be a... They gotta be a lounge. They yeah, gotta, they gotta be create a vibe. Yeah, and it's like I mean a good mix, a good mixtape <clears throat> in the background, or even yeah. a little DJ who ain't going crazy. Because I went to Red Rooster in in Harlem. Mm-hmm. They had a DJ, but she was like Mayo. The music was mm-hmm. dope, but it wasn't blast. It was literally like just background music. That yeah. I can take because it was a vibe yeah. and it still felt like a restaurant. Mm-hmm. But like I'm talking about blasting in my ear, the hype man on the thing. I don't want that every single yeah. time. I just go eat. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's a place in Duluth over here called uh, Just Brunch, um, and and it's like that. They they don't have a DJ, but they have like great music playing in the background. Yeah, and and that that's great food, great customer service. Uh, the lines can be a little a bit much, uh, but it's a smaller restaurant. Um, but they would just they had like a, a mixtape in the back. You could, you could tell it was catered to a certain demographic. Like they're playing Tevin Campbell and freaking SWV. You know what I'm saying? They're playing the you know. Mid to late or early nineties, uh, so all nineties, early two thousands music is for a certain demo, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah. So to that point, there are some places, but I feel like there's just people are trying to trying to chase that um that um that um that kind of like vibe situation. Um. And in some places they'd be like, oh, after five we gonna turn up, and I'm like, damn, we just got here. It's like four o'clock. You know what I'm saying? Um, food scene is a thing. One thing we kind of complain about. Um. Um, I, and I love that Atlanta is growing. I really do love that Atlanta is growing, and, mm-hmm. cause, and and that's great for us because property values are, are shooting up, are shooting up for us. That's giving us some more money. Um, but we, I think we've been saying this since '05, since '07. Um, the, the infrastructure is a little weak. Um, Not a little. The the um, the the highways, seven five eighty five in the heart of the city, is the connected. Worst. You know what I'm saying? We have the two eighty five. Um, but we, we, we deal with it. I, you know, it's, it is what it is, but I guess that may be the, 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 um, the sign that we're in a, in a major city is because of the traffic. I don't know. And you know what? I'm, I'm okay with traffic. What I get mm-hmm. frustrated with is that, and it's, and again, it's, it's just a part of a major city issue, bro. I'll be going down 25 at two o'clock and it'll be standstill. Mm, like in the middle of the day. Like at two o'clock. Two o'clock. Like, yeah. and I remember because sometimes I used to go to the gym at, you know, drive mm-hmm. to a fit for a, a noon class. And it's like, it's 1130. Yeah. Why am I fight? Why am I like struggling to be on time when I left my yeah. house 35 minutes early? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the kind of stuff that frustrates me because it's just like, why y'all ain't at work? Because yeah. I've, I've driven in LA, right, for work. Uh-huh. And I've driven in times to where the, I'm talking about from Long Beach to LA proper. Mm-hmm. And I got straight to the city. At certain yeah. times, Atlanta mm-hmm. is just, and LA has some terrible traffic. It terrible, but Atlanta yeah. is just so it's so unpre- I think it's so unpredictable. It's what's mm-hmm. frustrating. Like mm-hmm. at between four and like six thirty, of course, that makes sense. That's but what it used to at be though. Eleven thirty, yeah. A- Atlanta used to be four to six thirty, guaranteed traffic, and, from and like, bad. 
Yeah, and bad. And then it used to be like from like seven to maybe nine or six thirty to nine. But now, like literally, like you said, unpredictably all day, you run into traffic or random construction at like the worst times, and they're closing down lanes, and you're just. And that's the other thing they do that at the worst time. So one thing I appreciate about my little city in Memphis, I will say, when they do major construction. They not they'll tell you it's gonna start at eleven p.m. Because they mm-hmm. know for the most part, ain't too many people going to be on the road on a yeah, Tuesday yeah. at 11 o'clock. That's a perfect time to be in traffic or to to do construction because there ain't going to be as many cars. But when you do that joint at like 4 p.m. on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or and, middle of the day on Saturday. Because yeah. <laughs> traffic ain't as bad, but when you do stuff like that, you, you tear it up. And then the other part of that is that to be such a major city in our public transit system, it's so like yeah. the suburbs keep voting against it. Yep. But then y'all complain about the traffic. But you vote against it. Mm-hmm. I don't care about Marta coming to Powell, coming all the way to Palace Springs. Mm-mm. Cause I, I told Ash all the time. I used to work in the city. If Marta was like a the um the New York train system or the DC train system, I would definitely ride the train to work. I would roll yeah. the train to work every day, bro. Yeah. Every day I would roll. The beautiful yeah. thing about New York, bro, that I love. There's literally a, a a subway stop on every block. Every block. Every, every block. So you don't even have to walk far to get there. Mm-mm. And and once like and the beautiful thing about GPS today, it shows you every, where you get off. If you pay attention to your GPS like you drive your car, you can. That's why I ended, bro. I went from Manhattan to Yonkers to Brooklyn to Harlem back to Manhattan by myself, mm-hmm. and did not get lost. Bought all Mm-mm. the right tickets. Because yeah. I follow my GPS. So I'm saying like, but Atlanta doesn't give you the option, but then we complain about traffic. We complain, but y'all keep voting against it. Like yeah. that train goes to perimeter and perimeter and them folk out there perimeter ain't complaining about a whole bunch of robberies and blah, 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 blah. Like these criminals, if, I'm going to tell you this, the, for the people who want to steal, steal, kill, and destroy, as the Bible says, for mm-hmm. the people who want to do that, they don't need the martyr to do that. Mm. They're going to pull up on your Smyrna mansion yeah. anyway. Regardless, yeah. you know what I'm saying? If that's what they just want to do, they don't need right. to train to do that. Um, but it's going to get so much accessibility. What about all the service workers that work at the battery and mm-hmm. all these other, you know what I'm saying? Who could really benefit from um, riding public transportation? And then yeah. what it would do for the infrastructure of the city, how it would improve it. Like the, the more money that will come because there's a better transportation infrastructure, like more mm-hmm. businesses would want to come. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's anyway. And that's the kind of but that but so while Atlanta is an advanced city, it is that minimalist thinking sometimes around some of these things that could make it. That's why they say DC is Atlanta with a master's degree because they figure some things out yeah, yeah, that yeah. we just won't tap into. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that's something that hopefully in the future that we can see some growth and some change in terms of our transit system because yeah, you know Atlanta is great. So. I'm going to skip over. I was going to say something about the, you know, Harshwood Jackson, but uh, we kind of oh. talk about that all the time. Because oh. Oh. They just, you know, they just shut down um, the, the economy south. lot on, in, yeah. in, uh, in Delta. Yeah. Which, Thank God I ain't got no flights for a while. But I have a flight this week, but think about this. Right, so I'm, I'm taking Uber because I'm like, I'm not about to deal with um, having to park. I might do <clears> that next time. But think about this. Delta is the is it's it's based in Atlanta. It's the hub. It's the hub. You you shut down the the Delta parking lot, and then on top of that, 
the other joints that they open up, like the Park ATL and stuff like that, ATL West, them joints be big, them joints be busy too, like to capacity. Has, so I'm like, where are we gonna who park? Has time to park in ATL West and take a bus. Who has time for that? <laughs> right. And so it's to the point. So that's like another 30 minutes to your trip. And then then now TSA and all that kind of stuff is terrible. So like you gotta really be at the Atlanta airport three hours ahead of time, which is the worst. When I first started flying a lot in Atlanta. When, then when I got pre- TSA pre-check, let me say that, I had to get in 15 minutes. Then regardless where the gate was, I had to park, get to the uh, gate, get in 15 minutes in and out. Straight. Okay. All right. <clears throat> let's, let's wrap this conversation up. A couple more things. Um, the history of our black mayors. Love it that, you know, it's been black. Uh, I think my first mayor when I came here was Shirley Franklin. Come on, Shirley. With the big old flower. She may have been my mayor because I remember... Um, What's his name? Kadeem? Kasim? Kasim. I remember mm-hmm. him running for mayor the first time. Okay. Yeah. And then and then after Kasim is Andre, right? No. Who is Keisha. Who is, Keisha. Yeah, I forgot about Keisha. A lot of people have. Yeah, she didn't do much. Um, so we had, you know, but I think Kasim is a capper, right? Isn't that true? Kasim? Is he a new? No? Okay, so Kasim and Andre. So. Okay. Oh. Okay. I I, I hear you. Uh, <laughs> and then we currently have Andre. All right, so black mayors. That's one thing I love about Atlanta. It is black. Uh, it stays black. We have black mayors. Um, is Atlanta still the black mecca slash Wakanda? Oh, the mecca slash Wakanda. Um. Oh, Brian. I think. Oh. Oh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why. Because right. when people think of like black cities or black meccas, Atlanta comes first. Mm-hmm. So while Houston has evolved as a very black city, because I remember, that's so funny, before I got a little bit more cultured and traveled more as an adult, my introduction to a lot of new cities was via the Ames. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember my first time in Houston, I was like, this is a terrible place. <laughs> yes. Uh, but Houston I has evolved Houston too. Houston has evolved too. Yes. Like the Houston of. 0506 is not the Houston of 2020. Oh, no, not at all. Um, Houston is Atlanta but with a, uh, with a associates. Also, <laughs> with a high school diploma. Baby, they didn't even go to the community college. They just, <laughs> they just graduated. I, I love Houston, though, man. They, just got now they, got a, they got a lot of people with bachelor's degrees who come back to teach, <laughs> but that's it. No, I'm not talking about, but no. Um, but no, Houston is very black. Dallas is becoming very black. Yeah, you've, yeah, all, yeah. you've always had some black cities like Chicago, Detroit, Memphis, mm. New Orleans. When you think about like just like black cities, mm-hmm. like Atlanta becoming first. Right, yeah. and then you think about DC, which they which was called yeah. Chocolate City for Chocolate City. forever. Yeah, but so you think about DC, Atlanta, Houston, and then you start going to like I, what I just described is like your people know where the niggas at: Memphis, Detroit, mm-hmm. Chicago, New Orleans, um, Birmingham. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. St. Louis. Like you just yeah. know that when you say them cities, you're like, oh, niggas. yeah, it makes sense, <laughs> niggas, right, <laughs> niggas. Uh, or even when you go to Cali, you talk about, you know what I'm saying, uh, Inglewood. Like you just mm-hmm. you just know where the black folk, you know yeah. where the black people are. Um, but yes, but I would say Atlanta is still the mecca, the Wakanda, just because of it's like. I don't even know how it became like the black man. I don't know why all the Negroes said we move into Atlanta. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I understand like the job market stuff like that, but I wonder what was it about Atlanta at the time 
That mm-hmm. was like that whole kind of, like you said, maybe 05 to like 2010-ish. That five-year mm-hmm. period where people just kind of swarmed into the city seemed like. Because mm-hmm. uh, I remember even when I got here, I had people who I knew was like, I'm going to move to Atlanta. I don't think I'm moving to Atlanta. And they were like, Josh, what'd you think? I'm like, I mean, I used to always tell them, I guess you want to move. <laughs> and then as I got older, I was like, don't come because we crowned it. We, we Listen, fool. I'm sick fool. of y'all. I, you know, I got adopted in. We don't want no more people. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. We don't want no more people. No, nah, we, yeah. we, we, we on the other side of like, we, we on we, we Atlanta we, people now. Yeah, like Atlanta is my place. At this, yeah. Like I said, it ain't home, home. Home's where my mm-hmm. heart is. My heart is in Memphis, Tennessee. But it is my place, right? Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's been good to me. Um, and even though Amaretta said, I, you know, Cobb County is not Atlanta. Um, but <laughs> Girl. I am in the Atlanta metro area. And yeah. I'm a, I'm a proud Cobb snob. Mm-hmm. And um, probably going to forever <laughs> be a Cobb snob. I don't. I honestly don't believe I'm going to ever leave Cobb unless I go like, I would have to go like East Atlanta, like mm-hmm. Old Fourth Ward if I moved into the city. Mm-hmm. like Because I really love the historic, just architectural yeah. stuff of that part of the city. But other than yeah. that, I have zero interest in living in like Atlanta proper. Yeah, um, yeah. I really like, and that's the other beautiful thing about the metropolitan area. I will say this to give it another hype is that the suburbs out here have are built up so robustly that mm-hmm. I don't have to leave Cobb for anything. Yep. For anything, bro, I can go mm-hmm. ten minutes up the road to technically it's Hiram, which sounds far, but for me it's not that far. It's literally ten minutes. Bunch of restaurants, bunch of mall. I mean, bunch of it's a little outside shopping centers, all that kind of stuff. Go twenty minutes up to Cumberland. I'm twenty five minutes from Kennesaw Mall, which is this whole like I don't have to leave Cobb for anything. I leave to go yeah. to church, and when I yeah. have to go into my office downtown, and then if I'm meeting people, of course, at like in the city, but I don't have to leave, bro. It's literally a Publix five minutes this way and a Kroger seven minutes that way. A Walmart mm-hmm. five minutes and a Target like another 10. Like, you know something you think is like essentials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> right there. Yeah. Agreed. Right there. And I, I yeah. you know, I've been to your hood. Peachtree yeah. Corners is all right there. <laughs> right Everything. around the corner. You gotta leave. Uh, you, you really don't have to leave. That's one thing I will say about Atlanta and I love. Uh, to answer the question, I still feel like Atlanta is still Wakanda. It's if you give you you see black people thir- uh, fl- thir- uh, thriving and flourishing here all the time. I've seen it. It was one of the great things I loved it's seeing black people. I can I see my black every day in California. I didn't see you know every once in a while I, you know I will see black people, but not in the in the in the robust nature. I see black people here. I also seeing black people in Range Rovers and Bentleys and like crazy stuff like that. Right. Um, but to the same thing, like Gwinnett, I got everything I need here. I can drive down Freda's not too far. We got Buford, it's not too far as far as going to church and malls and stuff like that. Perimeter's not too far. <clears throat> so even though for all the, the lack of the infrastructure, since we live in the suburbs, it makes it easy for us because it's like the suburbs that we sit that we live in, they're mm-hmm. building up to where in the next five years. Peachy Corners is going to be crazy. They're building like these high rise, not high rise, but kind of like these high rise type buildings to where it's going to be its own city within the county that's going to be like ridiculous. And then that means my property value is going to increase. So it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, but to wrap this conversation up, uh, do you love Atlanta? If so, why? If not, why? Um, Do I love Atlanta? I'm in strong like with Atlanta. Mm. And for all the reasons, I won't go down the list, but for all the reasons I said before. Um, yeah. Like, I don't dislike Atlanta. I really appreciate Atlanta. 
and everything it has done for me. But to say I mm-hmm. love Atlanta would be a stretch to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would actually say I do love Atlanta. I think okay. because most of the things that are connected to me, like I said earlier, are Atlanta. <clears throat> Other than like my siblings, mm-hmm. what were you say? No, go ahead. Um, and I think mainly because, um, like, you know, man, my best friends here, um, I got deep into like ministry here for real. Like I really got like talking about the church of God in Christ, like for real, like I ain't started, I ain't go to aim and stuff like that until I came to Atlanta. Mm. I wasn't going to convocation like that. until I came to Atlanta. Right. Mm. Um, so that's a big part of my career. Um, crazy went to school here, um, Brooklyn here. Um, so much is, and I don't know if it's because I, you know, I became an adult here and I might go to another city. I might go to like Houston or Dallas or somewhere else and then be like, Oh man, like I, I love it here. You know what I mean? But I think maybe because it just, it's, it's like the, the, the place that I kind of developed everything, you know, got married here, all that kind of stuff. I feel like it has a, a special, special place in my heart. So I would say I love Atlanta. And just for all the reasons, like I said, because everything that I love, for the most part, other than like my family who lives in California, is connected somehow uh, to this to this to this great city. So you shifted my perspective. I, I still don't. I'm not gonna say I love Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I I love what Atlanta represents for me. Yeah, I'll say that. I will say that. That's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So shout out to Atlanta. Shout out to the city of Atlanta. The they made oh the Cato alumni. I became I got the bond in Atlanta. That's a you know, that's a thing. Uh shout out to the Mac. Uh but you know, um shout out to Atlanta. Everything we do love you. Shout out to all the folks who are from Atlanta, all the listeners from Atlanta. Hopefully we didn't do too much. Uh let us know if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want to defend yourself, you know, all the things. Uh let us know. Um anything before we head out, Josh? Welcome to Atlanta where the players play. Right on something like every day. Every day. All right. All right. Well, Pockets of joy? Pockets of joy. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's do it. You couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Uh, you could never, ever bring me down. Couldn't do a thing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're here at Pockets of Joy. For those that are new to the show, this is where we talk about things that Josh and I are doing or plan on doing that will intentionally bring us joy. Yeah. Black boy joy, black man joy, black girl joy is all important. Uh, so we want to make sure we are doing things intentionally every day, if not every day, every week uh, to intentionally bring us joy. Josh, what are you planning on doing or are currently doing to bring you intentional joy? Putting on my Christmas tree. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put my Christmas tree up. And then I'm gonna, I bought a new book. And I'm gonna start that on okay. holiday break. Um, the inconvenient guy. Oh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. By Clarence Jordan, he was one of the guys who started Cunnania Farms that led to the founding of Americas. Um, a lot of rich history in Cunnania Farms. So they got bombed. Mm-hmm. The KKK hated them because it was a very it was an inclusive space. They paid all black and white people the same rate. Mm-hmm. They lived together, did did life together, wow. and he was the um, the brains behind that. Um, wow. So much so that um, you know, they called him things like nigger lover and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But he stood he stood ten toes down, fought against other white people. Um, mm. so not to like make him a savior, but he was a very prominent figure that I don't think gets a lot of hype. So I'm and it's a and it looks like a pretty easy, like the text is pretty whoops, 
It's pretty, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Pretty oh, yeah. spread out. So that's a quick read, seems like. So um, yeah, diving into some because work is about to slow down some too. So I can yeah, enjoy some things that I enjoy um mm-hmm. a little bit more. So putting them on a Christmas tree and looking for some time to like break and relax. How about you, bro? Um, same. Uh don't know if I'm doing the Christmas tree. I'm trying to do it this weekend. If not, it may be during the holiday. Um <clears throat> really going out of town this weekend, but um Going to the movies, hopefully, this week. Uh, last week. To, uh, to see the, what? Uh, to see the Hunger Games movie. Okay. So, last week, I said I was taking Brooke to the movie because she loves Marvel. You saw the Marvels? Marvels, yes. I saw um, the Marvels last yes, week. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. People, People have been talking about things. the storyline is terrible. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. <laughs> I I really enjoyed it. And, and I, Brooklyn really enjoyed it. And also, important, you know, as a, as a, as a girl dad, and seeing her seeing a black girl with a twist out with superpowers, you know, Super saving the world. She, it, she loved it. She loved it. Um, so that was great. But then this weekend, I'm trying to, uh, um, Lauren, she loved the Hunger Games. She read all the books. So when I come out from back home to town, I want to see if we can go to the movies. So I spent some time with her uh, to go to the movies. So that's what I'm going to do this week um, to bring intentional joy. Love that. That's it. All right. Well, did Ryan and Jenkins bring us a letter? Well, we got one. All right. Let's get into it. Let's do it. All right, colored folks and everybody with less melanin, we are here at the <laughs> P.O. Box, and this is your opportunity for you to join us on the show. Uh, Rodney Jenkins did what he always does, and bring brings our letter on time. But before we get into it, I'll let you know how you can be a part, and you can do that by writing in to the Jigsaw. All right, mm-hmm. to askthejigsaw at gmail.com. That is A-S-K, the Jigsaw at gmail.com. We will do a few things. If we like your letter, we will read your letter. The second thing we're going to do is give you a pseudonym because we respect your pronouns and your privacy. And then we're going to give you the best non-professional therapeutic advice that you can receive on Cicely Tyson Internet. So... That being said, understood and accepted. Brian, yes. who do we have and what do they want? Pronouns. She, her. Uh, Maya Angelou. Maya, I, Maya Angelou. I don't have a good Maya Angelou impersonation. Yeah, me either. Phenomenal woman. Hey, gentlemen. Hope all. Hope you are well. Let me read that again. Hey, gentlemen. Hope you are well. Y'all mentioned Flavor of Love last week. Uh, week reviewing his national anthem performance. Um, you all, I'm read that, read that again. You all mentioned Flavor of Love last when reviewing his national anthem performance, and it got me to thinking about reality shows and how that is one of my guilty pleasures. Fast forward to last week, and Scotty and Sylvia had a whole episode on their podcast. Uh, as Scotty Beam, right? That's the mm-hmm. show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the name of their podcast? Uh, Scotty and Sylvia. Show. Getting grown. Scotty and Sylvia. Who's getting grown? Who's that? That's Jaden Kia. Jaden Kia. Okay. Does that come on still? Mm-hmm. Okay. I okay. I haven't listened in a while. <laughs> um, sorry, y'all. Uh, fast forward to last <laughs> week, and Scotty and Sylvia had a whole episode on their podcast about guilty pleasures and why we can take the guilt out of them. One, I would love for you all to do an episode from the male perspective. Shoot my shot live. Thank you. Uh, and two, what are some of your guilty pleasures and why? All right, let me read that again. One, I would love for you all to do an episode uh, from the male perspective on guilty pleasures. Um, and two, what are some of your guilty pleasures and why? Hmm. Um, so I think, Brian, we can 
Oblige, the woman of mm-hmm. God. Yeah, that's easy. That's and, easy and do an episode one day. Uh, I can't tell you it's going to be next week, the week after, but yeah. we can do it. And yeah, possibly that's an easy for episode. 23 closes. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you want to go into, well, I, my, ooh, guilty pleasures, candy. And I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure or not, but it, it really, because I shouldn't eat it as much as I do. Mm. Uh, especially at this big 34. Mm. I just shouldn't. I ate, I've eaten two boxes, movie-sized boxes of nerds in two days. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they didn't put out the Christmas flavors, Brian. The frosted mm-hmm. yeah. flavors, just the green, red, and whites. Yeah. Oh, they're good. Yeah. Um, guilty pleasure. The Housewives. Mm. I just enjoy it. Mm. These last few seasons have been but, but I enjoy it. Um... I'm trying to think of something else. I might think of something else. Go ahead. Those two come <laughs> top. It's like Naughty Nurses Five. <laughs> like Guilty you said what? Naughty Nurses Five. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. That was funny though. Um, I made myself laugh. Um, <laughs> uh, guilty pleasures. Um, just. Desserts that I, I don't need to have, right? Like, sure. Especially in my, you know, health state. Um, I'm sure there's something out there, but I like just raunchy TV. Like I like, I like, as a person who believes in, you know, standing up and fighting against like misogyny and all the things, and I have no problem listening to, you know, rappers calling girls bees and hoes. Like I just. It does not bother there, me. There it is. Some music <laughs> that I listen to, I it know does. that I probably shouldn't be listening to. Yeah. I enjoy it. I, I do. And and to me, I take, to me, it's entertainment, right? It's the, it's, do I live my life like that? No. No. Right? Um. Do I believe in some of this stuff? No. But it's kind of like the escape from my vanilla reality life. Of working this corporate job, having the the child, the wife, the the picket fence or whatever. I don't have a picket fence, but you know what I mean? Like suburban yeah, yeah. life. And then you can the next moment you can listen to, you know. Gorilla Pimp by Project Pat. Hello. And that I ain't gonna even play it. Y'all gonna listen to them lyrics. Woo! Hello. You know. It is rough. Yeah. And, and it's no different than like, you know. Watching like, P Valley Power and, and, yeah. Power and yeah. the shows, well, it's just the music we listen to. So it's it's, but it's, but then that's the duality. But my thing is, would you rather me just listen to it and enjoy it, or go out there and actually live it and and stuff, right? So stuff like that, I feel like is yeah. things that are probably aren't good for our spirit and our souls and our minds. I indulge in those things, right? So, mm-hmm. and we can talk, we can go deeper when we do a whole episode about guilty pleasures. But and then also the fact of taking the guilt out of them, like I feel like we're talking about like cheat days and cheat meals. Nah, like, I, got, I got rid of that. I even like I, I don't say what I want to eat, but I do. I I, I just you deserve yeah. you deserve to like. I'm gonna eat that you, burger if I want a burger. I'm gonna go get a burger. Yeah, and and the it is kind of like we can kind of get into guilty pleasure. Like in and if you take away the the forbidden out of it. You probably won't even want as much, like the whole forbidden fruit idea. Yeah. Like I, you know, not blaming the Lord or anything like that, but if he would have been like, "You can eat anything here, but that one tree." If he would have said that, but that one tree, we never would even been like, you know what? Apple. What about been that tree? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever it's, fruit it's, it was. Yeah, by making it 
by making it untouchable or making it something that you shouldn't do, you want it more. And if you take that power away from it, you know what I'm saying? Like when Paul talked about it, like the law and grace and all that kind of stuff, we don't know that it's, then it's, then it is what it is. So you don't feel tempted to go, you know, have a cheap meal because it's just, if I want to burn me the burger, I'm not gonna feel guilty about it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's just that. But we the can only get a time whole- I go cheap meals since we're there is like when I'm on a specific type of diet. Mm-hmm. But when I'm just eating to maintain, well, I'm yeah. bulking right now and I'm actually doing a dirty bulk, which mm. means that I'm just for the people who are, who want to tap, because this is bulking season for those of us who want to gain weight. Tip historically, anyway, clean bulk is when you eat a whole bunch of food, but you eat very, you still eat clean, right? You yeah. eat the grilled chicken and rice. Dirty bulk is when you do the same, but you just eat. Now, I'm mm-hmm. not going crazy. I'm not sitting mm-hmm. up here eating fried chicken every day and stuff like that. But I'm also not being super conscious of the type of meals I'm taking in. Yeah. I'm just eating, but make sure I get three full meals. And next month, I'm opening up to four full meals. So it's not a super clean book. Now, when I cut, it'll clean it up some because I don't need mm-hmm. as much bread and blah, 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 blah. So a cheat meal, there would be a real cheat meal for me. But once I reach my desired goal, like I work out so much that one burger on a Friday, one 10-piece wing, Ain't gonna kill my progress. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Now, sense. for those of us who are like trying to figure it out, mm-hmm. a burger here and there may be harmful. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But and not to pipe myself up, but I work out like four or five times a week. Yeah. Hard. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not gonna kill whatever I need to do. So in that case, I love that you said that that taking the guilt out of some of the things. Cause there are some things, there are probably some good players you probably could. Like, I probably could watch less housewives, but I'm not. Yeah. They don't, you know they don't hurt you. I laugh at them. Yeah. Um. I love. It gave me Nene Leaks, and I love Nene Leaks. Yeah. Um. The ghetto. She. She. She a mess. But I love Nene Leaks. Oh, um, that one. Yeah. One get the pleasure that's new is that I scroll through TikTok before I go to bed, and sometimes oh, I yeah. know I need to go. Yeah. Brian will yeah. get a TikTok for me at like twelve thirty a.m. one o'clock. Bro, TikTok I, is a thing. And man. I was having the other night. Ashley said, "How are you watching TikTok?" I had fell asleep, started snoring, and the TikTok was just playing. I was like, "I gotta." My New Year goal is to decrease social media. <laughs> Yeah, same. That thing is addicting because social media is a guilty pleasure. Yeah, TikTok specifically because I'll get lost, bro. I was watching. It's a swipe, bro. I went into David Ruffin funeral TikTok yesterday (sighs) because somebody played a clip on IG of the um the Temptation singing at his funeral. Yeah, I said I "I know TikTok got a whole thing, and I went and I started seeing conspiracy theories and old interviews. Yeah. For like 30 minutes, I was in David yeah. Ruffin land. Just David Ruffin land. Yeah. Randomly. Mm-hmm. And TikTok now my, now my algorithm man. is showing me Minnie Ripperton last final performance <laughs> of her life. Like, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> now, now I got to fix my algorithms. Listen, and, and that's, that's a whole other thing too. That's like the guilty pleasures and the algorithms and how life, uh, that's a whole conversation is um, having to readjust your algorithm because you click on something you go down that. Yeah, that could be a and whole. IG never think you want to see all that. I'm like, nah. no, I just wanted to see it for a moment. Bro, I my explore page, like I looked up, uh, I was, I started, you know, I follow people who work out, so I like mm-hmm. their pages and stuff. And then, yeah. but like some of the fitness guys started going left a little bit and just other stuff. Yeah. Like, wait a minute, that ain't that ain't it. I, I just, <laughs> I just, wait, I just like this one picture or this one yeah. video. Like, oh, let me save this in my memory for a back day or a chest day yeah, or something. Yeah. And I'm just like, so yeah. That's a whole conversation. How you rearrange yeah. your algorithm, Oof. select not interested on stuff, like stuff Oof. of the opposite things to to, to bring it back in. And <laughs> anyway, and that, but yeah, that's a that's a life adjustment. Bruh, your life algorithm. 
like fasting and seeking God's grace. your appetite. That might be. Hey, pour out the spirit, God. That might be for the year episode. Like, oh, pour out the spirit, God. It was early. One more. Hey, Just Kyle. about the breakup day, Jesus <laughs> came and he touched me. Hey, you got me started. And he washed my sins when I started running. Uh-huh. I started shouting. I had no time to doubt him. What was it, Brian? I found nothing mm. but the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost saved me. Mm. Holy Ghost set me free. Holy Eesh. Ghost changed my doubt. Holy Ghost brought me out. I found nothing. But the- <laughs> But the Holy Ghost. And what is doing? Moving down in my soul. Mm. All right. Let me get out of here because I'm about to have a Pentecostal experience. Hello. It's about to turn into another live. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know she's from the Bay? Really? She's from California. Interesting. I I thought she was from the South. Anybody that I I swear is from the South. (laughs) She is from... I went down... She sang with Kevin Lemons. I think she lived in Atlanta for a while. Mm -hmm. But she's from... And she's older. Interesting. Yeah. And she's a singer for real. Like she sings well. Like she's it's that video though. That high of a heart. That yeah. That's so video. good. That's so, <laughs> so good. So good. Uh greater conversation. Got anything? Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Let me talk. Let me talk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're here at the Greater Conversation, or at a Greater Conversation, excuse me, where we get some folks, get some things off of our chests. I say it every week. Tomorrow's not promised to cuss the people out today. Josh, is there anything you want to get off your chest this week? Real quick, teachers, we love you. We appreciate mm-hmm. you. Your sacrifices, you know, the things that you do. It's the end of the semester. I'm not buying them more snacks. <laughs> I'm not buying them more snacks for your classroom, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I done bought three, four boxes. Quit feeding them little niggas so often, okay? Mm. <laughs> Tell mm. them no. I'm not buying no snacks. I got a message today that said, we have plenty of snacks, but these are the snacks your children really enjoy. Well, this is the time to teach them about life and choices. We right. ain't got no more cheeses, <laughs> right? So you eat mm-hmm. these off-brand Captain Crunch boxes that the other parent bought mm-hmm. <laughs> and let that just be dead on that. I'm not buying no more snacks. I see y'all in January. I see you in January. Mm. It's the mm. end. It's too close to Christmas. That's a Christmas gift now. It's I tell my close. kids now, anything you ask for at this point is a Christmas gift. I don't care what it is. You be like, can I get some candy for Christmas? Yeah. Right? Can I get some chips yeah. for Christmas? It is after a certain point, everything's Christmas. It's everything's like, Christmas. Yes, like you don't buy nothing new. I tell yeah. Brooklyn that yesterday. No, no, no new toys now. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I did say, I told Jaden, because he got all A's in his most recent report card, and he going to the Super Bowl Saturday. I said, if y'all win the Super Bowl, I'll buy you a Nike hoodie. Mm. Outside of it, but it, but we're going to the Marshalls for the Nike hoodie. Let's just be very clear, <laughs> okay? Let's be very, let's be abundant as Kimberly said. Let's be abundantly clear. <laughs> we're going to the Marshalls, the Burlington, okay? Mm-hmm. We're not going to the Nike store. Mm. The, you know, man of God asked me for for Christmas, no more toys and stuff other than video games. This is four of his things, Brian: some Air Max nineties, okay, some Jordan threes, okay, Jordan fours. Oh, okay. And a pair of Jordan 1. Now he calling out numbers. Oh. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's $400. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's $400, friend. Mm-hmm. My little broke friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll teach you more snacks. You will starve because you want $400 per- worth of tennis shoes. And that's not even the totality of your list. Man, mm. a guy want a John Moran phone case, a Jerry mm. Jackson Jr. jersey, a Patrick Mahomes jersey. I don't throw him getting that, that booty scratcher jersey. I'm not getting that. <laughs> um, 
Um, yeah. Wow, I thought I thought no, Madden twenty four, NBA two K twenty four, the new Spider Man, Reverend. That's over G. Yeah, off one child, and you got uh, another child and old wife. Oh yeah, that's actually it? asking for Gucci purses and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I need a, I need another job. <laughs> Woo. My, well, bless you and your heart. Uh, I'm gonna choose joy this week, though. I'm gonna choose joy. Okay. I'm gonna choose joy. Right. Well, with that being said, understood and accepted, it's been another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. Um, as always, we want to thank you so, 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 so much for listening in and being here with us and supporting us. We could not do this without you, so thank you. Thank you. We thank you once. We thank you twice. We thank you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you for what you did. We thank you for what you're doing. And we thank you for digs. I don't got nothing else to rhyme with it. But we thank you. <laughs> yeah, we thank you. <laughs> oh, we thank you for we thank you for what you did. And we thank you for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. We thank you for digs. Cause I no longer go after the chewing. How? <laughs> this is for the chewing, is what they used to say. That's an old school way <laughs> to say some inappropriate stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. Right. Well, bless his name. Let well, me stop uh, talking about this mic. It's all right. Continue to support, uh, subscribe, give us, you know, rate us, leave comments. Uh, follow the podcast, uh, Jigsaw Podcast. Follow Josh. I'm Josh Rogers. Follow me. I'm Brian Hare. Uh, continue to share. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, ask the jigsaw at gmail.com. Uh, slide into the DM. Uh, engage with anything that's out there. Like, share. Uh, if you have any uh, ideas for the show, let us know. Uh, and we will think it over. And then if we feel like it makes sense, we will have the conversation. Uh, before we head out, Josh, let the people know what they should uh, do. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. See you mm. next week. Mm. Police Navidad. <laughs> <laughs>